Hello and welcome to the Can I Say Something podcast. I'm your host and little autumn boy, Damien. We're coming to you live from the basement of the Paper Street Soap Company, the first rule of podcasting is you do not talk about podcasting. With me, as always, co-host mastermind, the Tyler to my Jack. Second rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Tyler to your Jack, Dion. <laughs> On my left, we have a guest speaker today. What is your name, sir? What do you do? My name is Chris, and I just get through the day, baby. <laughs> this week, we'll be counting down the top five Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt films. This man has been an American sex icon for more than 25 years. Dion, when did you first beat your meat to this gorgeous heartthrob Brad Pitt? Oh, man. Um, I remember seeing him in Seven. Uh, I think I've watched bits and pieces of the film and movies when I was yeah younger. Was America's first introduction. Yeah, but I, I, I think like I think Meet Joe Black was the first one that I ever watched. Yeah. That was full <laughs> all the way through. That death scene, one car into the other. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, dude. Technically, every scene was a death scene because he was, in fact, death incarnate. He was a death incarnate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you bone death if it was Brad Pitt? Uh, yeah, but he's clingy. <laughs> Chris, when did you first see Mr. Brad Pitt on the screen? On, on screen? I mean... <laughs> as, uh, as opposed to real life. As opposed to real life, because that one's still waiting to happen. Yeah. Ah, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, Interview with Vampires first one I saw him in. Mm. Which, uh, oh, yeah, that movie. You know, long, you know, long, long hair, Tom Cruise, obviously something going yeah. on there, but I mean, hey. It's... So, yeah, Interview with a Vampire, he has, what, a Transylvanian accent or an Italian accent or some kind of English accent? Right? Nah, you know, he was like a, he was actually Southern. He was a Southern plant. Southern plant. Bla- uh, so he was a plantation owner. Oh, uh, I think you're thinking 12 Years a Slave. No. <laughs> Apparently he likes plantations, but no. Uh, yeah. he was, this was definitely... Yeah. Was that, that a sequel? Prequel? <laughs> <laughs> that gets into my one is, my issues with Mr. Brad Pitt. He doesn't do uh, accents very well. Like, he is, you know, good actor, great actor, great, good-looking man, but I think he could work on his accents a what? little bit. Yeah, a little when, bit. Why do you really need to, though? I mean, look at him. How about I mean, that? Not killing. People aren't really because, watching him to, to hear him talk. Well, no, that's true, but I'm feeling like if right. you're, like... That you know level of actor and that level of good-looking person, I feel like any flaw is going to be magnified that much more. You know, like oh, you're so perfect-looking, you're so you're a great actor. Ooh, what's that accent? <laughs> great, you, you did everything. You got fortified, bud. You know, he does accents in uh, like a lot of southern accents. A lot of his movies. I yeah. think it's like the easiest one to copy in it. Yeah. So read that uh, top line for me, please, sir. Oh, top line, sure, yeah. Uh, take us on a brief history. Help us to understand where the chiseled out of marble Greek god actor extraordinaire Brad Pitt came from, Damien. I will. Thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably better ways to do that. <laughs> uh, probably a better way to do that? I was prepared. Oh, oh, you were? Okay. Brad Pitt was born William Bradley Pitt on December 18th, 1963 in Shawnee, Oklahoma. The eldest of three children in a devoutly Southern Baptist family, he grew up in Springfield, Missouri. His father, Brad Bill Pitt, owned a trucking company. His mother, Jean Pitt, was a family counselor. Pitt attended Kickapoo High School. That is not a... Is not a misprint. That is an actual high school uh, where he was a member of the golf swimming and tennis team. He participated in the school's key and forensics, forensics club in school debates and in musicals. Pitt originally aspired to be an advertising art director studying journalism at the University of Missouri. As graduation approached, Pitt did not feel ready to settle down. He loved films. A portal into a different world for me, he said. And since films were not made in Missouri, he decided to go where they were made. Two weeks short of completing the coursework for a degree, Pitt left the university and moved to Los Angeles, where he took acting lessons and worked odd jobs. He has named his early acting heroes as Gary Oldman, Sean Penn, and Mickey Rourke. 
While struggling to establish himself in Los Angeles, Pitt took lessons from acting coach Roy London. Pitt's acting career began in 87 with uncredited parts in No Way Out, No Man's Land, and Less Than Zero. In May of 87, his television debut came with a two-episode role on the NBC soap opera Another World. In November of that same year, Pitt had a guest appearance on the ABC sitcom Growing Pains. Uh, he, in the same year, Yugoslavian co-production The Dark Side of the Sun in 1988 gave Pitt his first leading film role as a young American taken by his family to the Adriatic to find a, rem- to find a remedy for his skin, di- skin condition. The film was shelved until 1997. Pitt made two motion pictures appearances in 1989, the first in a supporting role in the comedy Happy Together, the second featuring a role in the horror film Cutting Class, the first of Pitt's films to reach theaters. He made a uh, guest appearances in the television series Head of Class, Freddy's Nightmares, 30-something, and for a second time, Growing Pains. Uh, wasn't Tom Hanks in Growing Pains? Or one of them? Or uh, Tom Hanks was in... Leonardo DiCaprio was. Leo, yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Yep. Two two heartthrobs, two future heartthrobs. It might have been someone else. Well, I mean, if you count Kirk Cameron too. Yeah, this might. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I do remember that. That show, I was about to say that show has. Uh, I did not know Brad Pitt was on it. Do well, you know Alan Thicke was on there though? Huh? Alan Thicke was in it. Though. Oh, Thick Alan, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Could you imagine now if uh, Dolph Lundgren was the one that gave him acting lessons uh, instead of Ralph Lundgren? Uh, yeah. Whoever it was. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. He dies. <laughs> That's probably where he learned how to do his accents. <laughs> probably. Pitt was cast as Billy Canton, a drug addict who takes advantage of a young runaway, played by, played by Juliette Lewis in the 1990 television television movie Too Young to Die, the story of an abused teenager sentenced to death for a murder. Ken Tucker, reviewer for the Entertainment Weekly, wrote, "Pitt is a is a magnificent slimeball and as her hoodie boyfriend looking and sounding like a malevolent John Cougar Mellencamp he's really scary the same year Pitt co-starred in six episodes of a short-lived Fox drama Glory Days and took a supporting role in the HBO television film The Image his next appearance came in the 91 film Across the Tracks Pitt portrayed Joe Maloney, a high school runner with a criminal brother played by Rick Schroeder. After years of supporting roles in film and frequent television guest appearances, Pitt attracted wider recognition in a supporting role in Ridley Scott's Thelma and Louise. He played J.D., a small-time criminal who befriends Thelma. His love scene with Davis has been cited as the event that defined Pitt as a sex symbol. After Thelma and Louise, Pitt starred in the 91 film Johnny Swade, a low-budget picture about an aspiring rock star, and the 92 live-action anime animated fantasy film Cool World, uh, both having poor box office performances. Pitt then took the role of Paul McLean in the 92 biographical film A River Runs Through It, directed by Robert Redford. His portrayal of the character was described by People's people's, uh, Janet Mock as a career-making performance, proving that Pitt could be more than a cowboy-hatted hunk. In 1993, Pitt reunited with Juliette Lewis for the road film California. He played Early Grace, a serial killer and the boyfriend of Lewis's character, in a performance described by Peter Travers of Rolling Stone as an outstanding, all-boyish charm and then a snot that exudes pure menace. Uh, Pitt also garnered attention for a brief appearance in the cult, him, cult hit True Romance as a stoner named Floyd, providing much-needed comic relief to the action film. He capped the year by winning a Show West Award for Male Star of Tomorrow. 94 marked a significant turning point in Pitt's career, starring as the vampire Louis de Pont de Luc in the horror film Interview of the Vampire. Based on Anne Rice's 1976 novel of the same name, he was part of an ensemble that included Tom Cruise, Kirsten Dunst, Christian Slater, and Antonio Banderas. 
Despite winning two MTV Movie Awards at the 95 ceremony, his performance was poorly received. According to the Dallas Observer, Brad Pitt is a large part of the problem in the film when directors play up his cocky, hunkish, folksy side. He's a joy to watch, but there's nothing about him that suggests inner torment or even self-awareness, which makes him a boring Lewis. Following the release of Interview with the Vampire, Pitt starred in Legends of the Fall, based on the novel by the same name by Jim Harrison, set in the American West during the first four decades of the 20th century. Portraying Tristan Ludlow, son of Colonel William Ludlow, uh, a Cornish immigrant, Pitt received his first Golden Globe Award nomination in the Best Actor category. Aidan Quinn and Henry Thomas co-starred. In 95, Pitt starred alongside Morgan Freeman and Gwyneth Paltrow in the crime thriller Heist. Playing a detective on the trail of a serial killer, Pitt called it a great movie and declared the part would expand his acting horizons. He expressed his intent to move on from that pretty boy thing and play someone with flaws. His performance was critically well received, with a variety saying it was screen acting at its best. Further remarking on Pitt's ability to turn a determined, energetic, credible job as a detective, Seven earned $327 million at the international box office. When's the first time you saw Seven? I feel like I was uh, somewhere in high school. Uh, yeah, probably sooner than we were supposed to. Yeah, it was definitely like on HBO or something like that. Yep, flipping through channels. Following the success of Seven, <laughs> Pitt took the supporting role as Jeffrey Goins in Terry Gilliam's 1995 science fiction film Twelve Monkeys. The movie Hell was, yeah! Yeah, <laughs> and the movie received predominantly positive reviews, with Pitt praised in particular. Uh, the following year, he had a role in the legal drama Sleepers, based on Lorenzo Caracara's. Sure, we'll say that. Yeah. Novel of the same we'll name. <laughs> the film received mixed reviews. In 1997, The, the Devil's Own. Pitt, uh, Pitt starred in the film The Devil's Own, opposite Harrison Ford as the Irish Republican Army terrorist Rory Devaney, a role for which he, re, he, re, he was required to learn an Irish accent. The Devil's Own grossed $140 million worldwide, but it was a critical failure. Later, he led as Austrian mountaineer Henrik Herrer in the Jean Jacques, a Nord film, Seven Years in Tibet. Pitt trained for months for the role, which demanded significant mountain climbing and trekking practice, including rock climbing in California and the Euro- in the European Alps with his co-star, Dave, uh, David Thewis. Uh, Pitt had the lead role in 98's fantasy romance film, Meet Joe Black. He portrayed a personification of death, inhabiting the body of a young man to learn what it is like to be human. The film received mixed reviews, and many were critical of Pitt's performance. According to Mick LaSalle of the Chicago of the San Francisco Chronicle, Pitt was unable to make the, an audience believe that he knows all the mystery, mysteries of death and eternity. Roger, Roger Ebert stated, Pitt is a fine actor, but his performance is a miscalculation. In 1989, Pitt portrayed Tyler Durden in Fight Club, a film adaptation of Chuck Palahniuk's novel of the same name, directed by David Fincher. Pitt prepared for the part with lessons in boxing, taekwondo, and grappling. To look the part, Pitt consented to the removal of pieces of his front teeth, which were restored when filming ended. While promoting Fight Club, Pitt said that the film explored not one, not taking one's aggression out on someone else, but to have an experience to take more, take a punch more, and see, take a punch more, and see how you come out on the other end. Fight Club premiered at the 1999 Venice Film International Film Festival, despite. Divided critical opinion on the film as a whole, Pitt's performance was widely praised. In spite of worse than expected box office performance, Fight Club has become a cult classic after its DVD release in 2000. Uh, Fight Club was probably the first DVD I bought. Uh, I walked, walked into like uh, FYE or one of those places and it had this like, uh, the, the the outside of it looked like a package, you know, like a UPS package. It was all wrapped up with like uh, rope and shit. Yeah. It's pretty cool. 
Oh. Yeah. That was the first time I watched like behind the scenes shit and commentary and like, remember DVDs back in the day had like Easter eggs where you could go down on the menu or go up on the menu and it'd be like a secret little thing on the side. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the first ones I got that did that. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yep. I think I have like the old an old copy. Maybe yeah. Check that out. Yep. Pitt <laughs> was for now. Pitt was then cast as an Irish gypsy boxer Giant with a barely in, intelligible accent in Guy Ritchie's 2000 gangster film Snatch. Pitt's next role in 2001's 143 million dollar grossing Cold War thriller Spy Game was as Tom Bishop, an operative of the CIA Special Activities Division, mentored by Robert Redford. Have you seen Spy Game? No. Really, really good. I'm not. Sorry. In November 22nd, 2001, Pitt made a guest appearance on the eighth season of television series Friends, playing a man with a grudge against Rachel Green, portrayed by Jennifer Aniston, to whom Pitt was married at the time. That was a good episode. It was. <laughs> for his performance, he was nominated for an Emmy Award in the category of Outstanding Guest Actor in a Comedy Series. Give me the yams. <laughs> Give me the yams. Yeah, I'll get the yams. That's what you want? In December 2001, Pitt played Rusty Ryan in the heist film Ocean's Eleven, a remake of the 1960 Red Pack original. He joined an ensemble including George Clooney, Matt Damon, Andy Garcia, and Julia Roberts. Pitt had two major film roles in 2004, starring Achilles in Troy and reprising his role, Rusty Ryan, in the sequel Ocean's Twelve. He spent six months sword training before the filming of Troy based on the Illid. An onset injury to his Achilles tendon delayed production on the picture for several weeks. Weird, huh? So weird. Yeah. <laughs> in 2005, Pitt starred in the Doug Lyman-directed action comedy Mr. and Mrs. Smith, in which a bored married couple discover that each other is an assassin sent to kill the other. It earned $478 million worldwide, making it one of the biggest hits of 2005. For his next film, Pitt starred in opposite Kate Blanchett and Alejandro Gonzalez in Yuritu's multi-narrative uh, drama Babel. It received seven Academy Awards and Golden Globe Award nominations, winning Best Drama, Golden Globe, and earned Pitt a nomination for Best Supporting Actor, Golden Globe. Reprising his role as Rusty Ryan in the third picture, Pitt starred in 2007's Ocean's 13. While less lucrative than the first two films, the sequel earned $300 million at the international box office. Pitt's next role was 2007's just, uh, Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, adapted from Ron Hansen's 1983 novel of the same name. Pitt's next appearance was in the 2008 black comedy Burn After Reading. Uh, his first collaboration with the Coen Brothers. The film received a positive reception from critics, with The Guardian calling it a tightly wound, slickly plotted spy comedy. His last, his later, he was later cast as Benjamin Button, the leader in David Fincher's 2008 film, The Curious Case have of you, Benjamin. Have you seen Benjamin Button? Bitch. <laughs> a loosely adapted film, ver uh, film version of the 1921 short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, let's see. The performance earned Pitt his first Screen Actors Guild Award nomination as well as a fourth Golden Globe and second Academy Award nomination, all in category for Best Actor. Pitt's next leading role came in 2009 with Quentin Tarantino-directed war film Inglorious Bastards, which premiered at the 2009 Cannes Film Festival. Pitt played Lieutenant Aldo Rain, an American resistance fighter battling Nazis in German-occupied France. The film was a box office hit, taking in $311 million worldwide. His next, he next voiced the superhero. <laughs> he next voiced the superhero character Metro Man in the 2010 animated film Megamind. Pitt produced and appeared in Terrence Malick's exper exper experimental drama The Tree of Life, co-starring Sean Penn, which won the Palme d'Or at the 2011 Cannes Film Festival. Let's see. Uh, in performance that attracted strong praise, he portrayed the Oakland Athletics general manager Billy Bean in the drama Moneyball, which is based on the 2003 book of the same name. Moneyball received six Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture and Best Actor for Brad Pitt. 
<laughs> the next role was the mob hitman Jackie Kogan in the Nanju Dominic's 2012 Killing Them Softly. Based on the novel Kogan's Trade by George Higgins in 2013, Brad Pitt starred in World War Z, a thriller based on a zombie apocalypse. It, it uh, made $540 million. Next, he starred in 12 Years a Slave, a historical drama based on the autobiography of Solomon Northrup. The film received critical acclaim and was nominated for nine Academy Awards, winning three, including Best Picture. First, I think it was the first movie that won Best Picture with Brad Pitt, I believe. Then Pitt starred in Fury, a World War II film directed and written by David Ayer, co-starring Shia LaBeouf, Logan Lerman, John Bernthal, and Michael Pena. The film was released... <laughs> the film was released October 17, 2014. By the end of his run, Fury proved to be a commercial and critical success. 2015, Pitt starred opposite his wife, Jolie, and in her third directorial effort, By the Sea, a romantic drama about a marriage in crisis based on her screenplay. Pitt's next role came with a biographical comedy drama, The Big Short, which he also produced. The film was a commercial and critical success. Uh, the film was nominated for five Academy Awards. Uh, earning Pitt his third Academy Award nomination as producer. In 2016, Pitt starred as, in Robert Zemeckis' romantic thriller Ad Lied, in which he, per, he played a smi- spy assassin who falls in love with a French spy, played by Marion Cotard, uh, during a mission to kill a German officer in World War II. In 2017, he starred in War Machine, which he also produced. Pitt played a recurring role as a weatherman on a late-night talk show, The Jim Jeffries Show, throughout 2017. Pitt starred as Cliff Booth, a stunt double opposite Leonardo DiCaprio and Quentin Tarantino's 2019 film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood about the Manson murders. Also that year, he will headline James Gray's Deep Space epic Ad Astra, in which he will play a slightly autistic space engineer, Roy McBride, while he searches for his father, played by Tommy Lee Jones. That is the history of the great Brad Lee Pitts. <laughs> 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 Tian coming in with the drop. Nice. So, yeah. That is my, that is the history of Brad Pitts. Let's get into the top five fellas. Uh, my number five is Have You Seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? <laughs> I have not. And I know that would make my list if I had seen yeah, it. That's so. great. I thought I talked about it a couple of weeks ago when I did see it. Fantastic film by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, great cinematography, great acting by Bradley Pitts, Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie. Bradley Pitts. Bradley Pitts. Tur- Kurt Russell and Bruce Dunn. Ooh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah. He plays uh, the stuntman coordinator. Ooh, stuntman. Stuntman, yeah. Yep. Uh, did you know Kurt Russell's stuntman is named, uh, it's on the list for later, but his, his stuntman's name is like Dick Warlock or something like that? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Look it you up. Know, yeah. It's funny that was just on Final Jeopardy last night. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hold on, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh. Yeah. Music. Music's great. Um. Would you say you've you've seen Inglorious Bastards, correct, Chris? Actually, I haven't. Believe it or not. Oh. Okay. Well. Um. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, on. <laughs> real quick. Yes. 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 I was trigger something in my head. Kurt Russell was actually the dying words of Walt Disney. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, that was the last thing he said. Because Kurt Russell was in all those Disney movies in the 70s and 60s? I don't know. He yeah. had he showed promise, and <laughs> Walt Disney loved him. And his last words were Kurt Russell. I thought his last words were, freeze me. Freeze no. my head. No. You yeah, <laughs> didn't even have that thought back then. It was like, <laughs> thought of freezing a human? So, Inglorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are similar in that they twist, take history and they twist it at the yes. end. So, is it a twist? Is it like a Shyamalan-level twist? 
to have a historical drama like that end in, in a different way. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like, you know, Shyamalan twists. I mean, that dude just takes shit on his head and leaves yeah. it. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it, it, I think it's more of a, <clears throat> I think it's more of like a, uh, like a, your own take on things. Yeah. Make things, make things interesting. Yeah. yeah. People are saying yeah. it's not a twist because you know, you go into a Quentin Tarantino movie knowing he's going to take this. Thing. Well, you know Shyamalan was going to exactly. do it too. Yeah. But I think like alternate history is his own genre. You're, it's a, like what if these guys won with yeah. Shyamalan? There's Shyamalan. I don't know what. It was. I mean, it's not really, I mean it's, it isn't really a twist. I mean, it's his story, right? And it's his story, and he can kind of like yeah. do whatever he wants with yeah. it. Uh, Chris, what's your number five? My number five is actually World War Z. Nice. Which uh, you know, considering that considering at the time, which was back in uh, 2015, you know, back in 2015. Holy crap! I'm starting to feel old now. Uh, you know, it was rated I think it was PG before that. No, I'm pretty sure it was PG. I'm pretty sure it was uh, 2015. Someone fact check me. Yeah. <laughs> then I mentioned it in my scribe, my diatribe. Well, go ahead. Uh, Nobody was listening to that. They <laughs> <laughs> fast forwarded this part. <laughs> no, he plays, uh, he plays a... 2013. UN... What's that? It's 2013. Damn you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Uh, <laughs> this is what I get for looking up things on my <laughs> list. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so he plays Jerry and Lane. He's a, he's a uh, UN agent and uh, he goes and obviously there's a big world you know zombie outbreak and stuff and you know good at you know it's also one of those uh rare films where he's like the biggest star in it there's like nobody of any actual consequence besides him in the film um and considering at the time there you know it was sort of like the you know the time where there, there was a bunch of zombie movies coming out i actually I think I picked this one specifically because it actually managed to hold its own and be a memorable film when that was the whole, you know, zombies are coming, you know, slasher movies, that sort of thing. So um, besides the fact that his acting was actually rather, was pretty good, it blended a little bit of action, a bit of, you know, a lot of suspense, drama, and I mean, I gotta admit, the ending was not bad. I mean, obviously, a little bit of a plot hole here and there, but I mean, best best movies happen. Yes. Sexy Grandpa Pitt, that one. (laughs) Sexy old scientist, oh, was Grandpa yeah. Pitt. Yeah, he was. Yeah, got the great. Got the he gray, was an older guy. Yeah, he was gray hair. Got the gray beard. Yeah, worn thing going down. On. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Uh, that was that 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 movie was the zombies were infected with rabies. Sure. I don't know. Are you sure you're not thinking zombies? Well, that's like the whole thing of zombies, yeah. right? It's like a yeah. strand of rabies. Yeah. Yeah. But like these guys were all jacked up. I remember that that screen <laughs> yes. where they were like running against the wall and they yeah. started climbing on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, Terrifying, was. actually. Yep. I think it was the first one that <laughs> it was like ants. They looked like ants. They did look like ants. I think, brought, I think it was one of those rare ones that brought up like adaptive zombies, like not the ones that just run across, run against the wall. They actually like adapt to do the situation. Uh, yep. They remind me of the I Am Legend mm. creatures or whatever the hell yeah. they were. Yeah. Except they weren't afraid of light. <laughs> Your number five, sir. Oh, my number five is uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, sexiest movie yeah, I have yeah, ever yeah. watched. Well, yeah. ranked a bit higher on my list, I, actually. Uh, yeah. My God, no! I it's okay. Well, I mean, we're doing a top five of yeah. Brad Pitt movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all sexy, obviously, <laughs> in their way, in their own way. But the dynamic between him and his wife was just oh my God! I just I wish my wife would was a, a hitman, and we had like this oh, that whole oh my God! Uh, no worries. Everything about she's not listening right now. <laughs> I wish she was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's just every every part of that, just a sexy sandwich of Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, and just yeah. the 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 tension in the room, yep. like hiding their 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 uh, their jobs room, from each other, huh? Whose room? There's yours. Uh, please, <laughs> <laughs> either one, whichever one. Yeah, invite one. me. Yep. Um, 
but yep yep uh, it's funny how it starts off with like the counseling session and the, the, it's like how many times do you guys have sex and he's like <laughs> like i don't understand the question like on a, on a scale one to ten it's like like amount of times like zero should you should start at zero because yeah. you can have sex zero times yeah you can <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then at the end of the movie it's just like ask us some, ask us a sex question ask us a sex question he's <laughs> like seven <laughs> doesn't even let her answer this question but it's just uh, the banter back and yes. forth was always fun it's just and then when they started working together and it was just like that's oh, that that scene when they're fighting each other in, in the, the kitchen, kitchen and yep. then they end up banging yep mm. fight sex is their best sex <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the most extreme version of makeup kill. sex like angry sex is the best sex I'm, we're trying to kill each other it's just like do it right here <laughs> oh my god great movie Great movie, Love fantastic it. movie. And, and and you know, when you think Brad Pitt movies, you probably don't think Mr. and Mrs. Smith should be on this list. And there's probably a lot of people that don't, but just the the sex appeal from that movie alone. Yeah. Like it exudes it. Yeah. If if you're like the hoity toity, yeah, I get it. you probably got like other movies you want to put on the list, but if, if you are a a, a warm blooded individual that loves uh, that, that movie should be on your list. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a warm-blooded image, oh, yeah, you'll enjoy this movie. It's there. <laughs> if you have those needs, those, those basic human urges, <laughs> this, everyone everyone has those moments where they just want to, you know, strangle their spouse. Not actually do it, but just, yeah, come on, get it. Like, this one actually... Wait, you're not supposed to do it? I think it's a, it's consensual, I think. <laughs> Alert the authorities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so confused. Whoops. So I'll you be back, guys. Talking about the sexiness exuding from the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I got a movie for you that exudes sexiness all over every frame of this movie. Hmm. Have you seen Benjamin, Benjamin Button? Button. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Chris doesn't know the history of Do You Know Benjamin Button, bitch? Oh, uh, go back and listen to the top, days of top five um, hottest... Act- actresses, I think it was actors or actresses. I listened. I listened to it the what other you day. You said Kate Blanchett. I don't. I don't remember what I don't we said. No, I don't think that was a category. <laughs> yeah, it might have been one of them. Maybe. Uh, but it hasn't been. It will be soon. Deanne brought over. What was it? Um, Apple moonshine. Apple moonshine from North Carolina, you and I proceeded. This dude drank the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> in a period of what? Two hours? Three hours? Yeah, probably <laughs> three, because that's how long our podcast used to go. Yeah. I honestly felt bad leaving his house because I thought that was the last time I was going to see Damien yeah. alive. <laughs> I was like, don't lay down. <laughs> like, say sitting so, up. It's really interesting because you can listen to, you know, the period of drunk, somebody getting drunker and drunker over the period of two hours, and then it ended, and then you just, okay. Yeah. We started talking, you started talking about Benjamin Button. I don't, actually, I, that movie might not have even been related to what we were talking about. <laughs> I think you just started screaming, have you seen Benjamin Button? Maybe we were doing top five hottest actors. I think that's what it was. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, so I was gonna say, yeah. Have you seen Benjamin Button? I keep saying, you're just like saying, no, man. I haven't seen it. Then I wouldn't, I wouldn't let it go for like a good what? You would not let it go. Four minutes, no, five minutes. Longer than that. When you, when you latch on to something, it takes you at least an like, hour or so. I was like, cut it, producer. We're done. <laughs> I gotta get out of here before it takes his shirt off and starts calling me bitch. But, but seriously, editing roll. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna play a clip here from the movie, uh, the film Benjamin Button. Um, Benjamin Button and his uh, his love interest from when he was a kid have found each other, and they were they are uh, what do you call it traversing the world together on a boat.
topless part of it, so he's good. The rest of the scenery is not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll button up. The rest, the, the, the rest of the scenery is not Brad, is what you meant. They're on the beach. Be on a tropical island beach, and yep. the most beautiful thing is still Brad Pitt smoldering. Look at that. Look at that face. Not that one. <laughs> Back. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about uh, Kate Blanchett. It's also in this movie. We want Brad. We want Brad. <laughs> you couldn't tell. It's a it's a romantic Since movie, romance movie. I'm Since you can't, so you know, watch yeah. Why do you say that? I was so young. And you were so nice, old. Nice night scene. Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> hey, it's like, why is it the night scene? I can see Brad Pitt's face. Rain, probably like. Oh, yeah, that's right. Starting to rain. Then they're in bed. She's talking about his creases. So. They're in bed, talking to each other. Also, um, there's some parallels to Mr. Mr. Smith here. Mm. There was the. Uh, but they're not trying to kill each other. Right, but in the beginning when they fell for each other, there was dancing and they were at a place like that. Oh, and it yeah, started yeah. raining and yes. then they ended up in a bag. And falling in love with Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still love me when my skin grows old and saggy. You still love me when I'm back. When I wet the bed, when I'm afraid of what's under the stairs. Oh wait! Oh yeah, cause he 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 goes backwards he, he, he in he time. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. asked you that question's a little weird. It, it is. It is weird in that context of him de-aging and her going forward. It sounded like there was a little bit of self-deprecation in the Yeah. Like, you still love me uh, when I'm scared to under the bed. I have this problem and <laughs> it's going to be a problem it in is the gonna future. Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seriously is. Um, great, like, uh, the this is like you know, one of the first, like, de-aging. Or it's, de- it's, it's de-aging, but it's also aging forward, too. He plays, you know, a baby. He's not, he's not the baby, but then when he gets to, like, upper 70s, then they put, you know, the, the makeup on, on him looks the makeup of old brad pitt looks amazing and then when he gets to like you know early 20s late teens brad pitt it's still him but they did like you know the de-aging thing it's like holy shit that was one of the first times i actually saw that before the mcu did i think i was gonna say yeah old brad pitt or old captain america which uh, one? <laughs> old captain america. which would you rather old <laughs> i don't think old brad pitt could throw me around like that <laughs> I don't know about that. Strike me, make me a man. <laughs> Chris, what's your number four? See what he's doing to Darla and the the or what? Darla? Who's fight club chick? Fight, fight chick, chick. Marla. Fight, Marla. Sorry. There you go. Darla. <laughs> Darla. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that coming from? Yeah, that's the movie. <laughs> Number four for Chris. Mm, number four for me was actually Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Uh, you great. know the thing is, you know, besides the fact that. Brad Pitt is one of the sexiest people there. He has a well, an all-around sexy cast to go with him. And mm. yeah, you know, we got George Clooney. Mm. Nothing. Mm. You know, uh, Julia Roberts, not bad. Yep. You know, but he's also got you know a lot of other underrated actors. Bernie Mac started in the film. Andy Garcia, <laughs> uh, Don Cheadle. You know, all of whom make great actors on their own. And I forgot my boy, Brad, uh, Matt Damon. Well, I've seen Matt Damon. It was a George Clooney <laughs> <Yeah>. film. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you mean obviously Casey Affleck also, uh, Ben Affleck's brother. Dude, but see, but we'll see the thing though. Like you kind of you kind of go for like the the biggest names that are going to draw attention. I mean, you yeah. know, you're going to see, you know, if you have, if you're going to promote a movie you're yes. already, and you have Brad Pitt or Casey Affleck to put, you know, yeah. like the headline, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. going to be Brad Pitt yes, yes, all day. Yes. I mean, nothing against Casey Affleck, but, you know, good actor in his own right. <laughs> you know, honestly, I thought, you know, everything I like, I pretty much liked everything about the movie. Oh, yeah, right up in that face hole. <laughs> yep. Ah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. First time I've heard people on here we talk louder. That's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the best no, part know, is they don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys invite me more often. This is fun. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, honestly, the thing is, um, the original with the Rat Pack was actually mm. really good. Um, and but what I liked about the movie specifically was that it did not stay. Like it really just didn't stay directly on the old movie you know yeah. there was a lot in there that made it its own you know yeah. the comedy you know the comedy of bernie mac and you know the explosives that you know don Cheadle brought to it and honestly and just you know you know uh brad Pitt, who plays rusty ryan who plays uh what's rusty something uh, hold on i gotta write down <laughs> uh rusty ryan yes. in the film yeah um you know serves as a really good foil to clooney himself yes and you know, I think it's just like a uh, his. You know, besides the fact that the movie was what we hadn't seen in a while. You know, it was a, it was a heist movie that yeah. didn't involve high speed cars and mm. you know shootouts and stuff. You know, it was like kind of a. You know, it was more of like the suave, swanky mm. movie that you could actually just kind of sit down and watch. Yeah. You know, but it also showed you know that you can actually have that many big names in one room and still come out with a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the what was it? How did it end with them taking the the money out? And they were playing the SWAT team. They pretended pretend to be part of the SWAT team. Yeah. Yeah. Put all the shit, uh, put all the money in the in those super elaborate design where they created an earthquake machine or something to knock the casino off. Is that the second one? Or that was the first one? I well, I feel like it was also good enough to you know make two sequels out of. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they? Was it the first out, one? I thought they yeah, knocked Ocean's out the power. Eleven, twelve, and thirteen. But the, I'm saying what I feel the, like I what the scheme was sure. in the first one was I thought it was to knock out the power. They knocked out the power for like a second, enough time to get in there. Maybe the earthquake was part of it too. I haven't seen this in forever. Yeah. Was Eleven the one they were after the, the diamond up in the tower? Up, no. in the, up at the top of the casino? Mm. I'm pretty sure not because I specifically remember them walking out of the casino in SWAT team gear. They got, <laughs> all, the, they got all the money out. Yeah. Right? Was- I don't know. That's been uh, that was that was the one with so George, where George Clooney wanted to get all the money and also you know get revenge on the guy that was knocking his ex wife okay. from his house, Julia yeah, Roberts. So. So, might have been number two. Though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That uh, what's number four? Dion. Right, I got some quotes for you right here. I'll do right. it. <laughs> Hector, I've seen this moment in my dreams. I'll make a pact with you. With the gods as our witnesses, let us pledge that the winner will allow the loser all the proper funeral rituals. Mm-hmm. Achilles, there are no pacts between lions and men. Takes off his helmet. <laughs> now you know who you're fighting. This was on the heels of Patroclus. <laughs> of what? I'll finish. Okay. Hector, I thought it was you I had been fighting yesterday, and I wish it had been, but I gave the dead boy the honor he deserved. Achilles, you gave him the honor of your sword. You won't have eyes tonight. You won't have ears or a tongue. You will wander the underworld blind, deaf, and dumb, and all the dead will know. This is Hector, the fool who thought he killed Achilles. This was after he killed yeah. Patrick, who the, ran into battle, his cousin. It was on the heels? On the heels. heels. Get on it? Heels, yeah. Do you see what happened? Yeah, you see what he did? Okay. It's very good. He also had that other fun very one. Very clever. Where he was like, uh, How's that working out Meridians, for you? my brothers of the sword, I would rather fight besides you than any army of thousands. Let no man forget how menacing we are. We are lions. Do you know what's there waiting beyond that beach? Immortality. Take it. It's yours. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. Yeah, do whatever you want, dude. Come on. <laughs> you Show me those arms again. <laughs> God. 
You've been on record as saying this is his best looking, physically looking. Uh, actually, no, I haven't. That's Aldo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Aldo's boy. <laughs> well, I I don't Still disagree. Yeah, he's he's like I put him at my at my number two yeah, probably yeah. behind. But uh, yeah, I mean I know this this movie was you know not everyone's cup of tea. It was uh, you know not your uh. I mean, if they went by the books, realistically, this whole mm. battle would have been stupid. Yeah. Like, because Greek God stuff is just... <laughs> have you ever read any of that? Yeah. Like, Zeus will turn you into a cow because he thinks it's funny. Like, this it's is the kind of stuff that... It's very incestuous. Incestuous. Right, right. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, someone just, like, dipping the child, holding him in the heel? That's why his heel is weak. Like, yeah. I mean, so they had to take some parts in it. And actually, some main characters would have been eliminated super early if they just went by the, the typical thing. But, right. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just sexy Brad Pitt. That was it. That was... Hector was cool too. I like. Was Hector. Orlando Bloom in that? Uh, he was. Uh, yeah, he was the one that killed Achilles. Oh. He was Hector's brother. Gotcha, I think. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. I like Troy. My number. What are we doing? Three. Yeah, please. Three. My number three is Inglorious Bastards. Gonna pull up a scene here. Three? Mr. Huh? Yeah. Should be interesting. Um, this is a movie Chris hasn't seen. This will be new for him. You might know him better by his nickname. The Bear Jew. I heard Aldo the Patsy. I heard about the Bear Jew. I heard of the Bear Jew. What'd you hear? Meets German soldiers with the club. He bashes the brains in with a baseball bat, what he does. And Werner, I'm gonna ask you one last goddamn time. If you still respectfully refuse, I'm calling the Bear Jew. He's going to take that big bat of his, and he's going to beat your ass to death with it. <laughs> I take your wiener schnitzel licking finger and point out on this map what I want to know. Your wiener schnitzel licking finger. Whoever wanted your schnitzel licking <laughs> Fuck you. And your Jew dogs. <laughs> Actually, we're all tickled to hear you say that. Quite frankly, watching Donnie beat Nazis to death is the closest we ever get to going to the news. <laughs> beat Nazis? Yeah! Guy's German here wants to die for country. Oblige him. Oblige him. <laughs> the man who plays the Bear Jew is Eli Roth. He directed uh, Hostel.
proceeded to beat the shit out of him. Still not quite exactly what I expected when they said bear you. I am already having trouble taking this seriously. <laughs> Damn it, Hertzberg. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I got one more. Oh, oh goody. <laughs> yes. Not sure it's going to come down from the goddamn Smoky Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> he got a nest. He wants to die for his country. Oh, blah, him. Oh, him. This is Brad Pitt uh, meeting the, uh, the head. Not the head of the, the Jewish army, but one of the heads. What's his name? Uh, they have to pretend to be Italians. Gli amici della vedetta ammirata da tutti noi questa gemma propria della nostra cultura saranno naturalmente accolti sotto la mia protezione per la durata del loro soggiorno. <laughs> I can't even read the subtitles that fast. The point is, he's onto them. Gorlomi? Lo pronuncio correttamente? Sì, corretto. 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 Per cortesia, me lo ripeti ancora. Must have been someone in the Spanish class. Mi scusi con me? Gorlami. Ancora una volta. Gorlami. Gorlami. E come si chiama lei? Antonio Margarete. <laughs> Ancora? Margarete. Un'altra volta, ma adesso vorrei proprio sentire la musica delle parole. Margarete. Margarete. <laughs> Margarete. Dominic de Coco. Come? Dominic, Dominic de Coco. Bravo. Dominic. Tococo, yeah. Morgaliti. This is my number two. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. Fucking great. It is the, the water area is like, I sure as hell didn't come down from the goddamn Smoky Mountains, cross 5,000 miles yep. of water, fight my way through half of Sicily, jump out of a fucking aeroplane to teach these Nazis less than humanity. <laughs> yeah. That's from the beginning scene where he's introduced. Yeah, we're, we came here to do one thing and one thing only kill yeah. Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. Uh, yeah, that scene in uh, Breadfest's not in it, but there's that classic scene of them in the bar and the guy holds up three fingers like this and the other guy's on to him because he knows Germans don't pull up three fingers like that. Mm. Yeah. Boy Scouts do. Boy Scouts do, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Some straight like home shit there. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, the big shootout, but he holds a, he got a gun on the guy's dick after he figures it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got a gun in your dick. I'm going to blow all your German fucking Schweitzer or your fucking German uh, sausages over the fucking walls, buddy. Yep. That was a very tense scene. It was very tense. A lot of tense scenes. The for the beginning scene is probably the best scene in the movie where uh, Landa is interrogating the guy in this house, asking him if he has, if he has Jews hiding oh, yeah. his, the, the floorboards. Yep. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's doing that. I get some milk. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Yep. And Glory Path my number three. It's seen number two. Yep. Uh, Chris, what's your number three? My number three was actually Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, what can I say? The sexiness. 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 And can I add another sexy co-star in there? It was Vince Vaughn. I mean, I can't believe nobody mentioned that prior <laughs> to this. Um, yeah, 2019. 
It's fine. It's not as great as like. I loved it that he was like, uh, like oh, if you watch Wedding Crashers, Ma, the meatloaf. Yep. That's it seems to be that actually seems to be a thing role. with him is like you know, his characters always seem to live with the mom because he lived with his mom in a in a uh, Mr. Mrs. Smith as well. <laughs> Yeah, but, 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 but no like, idea how close you came to die. But that <laughs> I almost like, shot you. But that is like, but that's like that's like uh, bro goals right there. You know, he just walks up, he happens to walk, you know, walk next door, pick up an AK, and be like, "I'm following, I'm borrowing this," and then goes back. Yep. And Vaughn's like, "Go for it, man! You know, <laughs> kick her ass." <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know it. You know, man tells you to go kill your own wife. I mean, that's that's that's, that's buddies yeah. right there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, but, not too much. Know. Not too much to say besides some, yeah. you know, witty banter and sexy scenes and. Yes. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Okay. He did put out a hit on Pitt, though. Well, so. I mean, yeah, that. but I mean, <laughs> so bro, he tried to help kill his wife first. I mean, bro went out the window. <laughs> so you did your number two. No, number two. Three. Right, but you did your I did you, my two. You carried on my number so, two. So. Three. Well, you want my three? I want your three. Now, if anyone likes Fight Club. And thinks they understand that movie. I encourage you to watch Twelve Monkeys. Oh yes, <laughs> because you all understand a goddamn thing. <laughs> but he plays like uh, that was the only movie I had to turn off because it was actually starting to hurt my head. Yeah, yeah, headaches, man, for sure. <laughs> like, and I mean, I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but I feel like if I if I say the ending, no one's gonna actually know anyways. But like the part where. What? what? No, I'm just gonna say it's it's just the th- thing of like the guy, the time traveler guy was the guy that caused the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the paradox, like like the guy watched himself being killed as a child. And yeah, it's just I don't know. And, and I, I remember like bits and pieces. I really meant to like go and rewatch this movie, but like I remember that that like accordion theme music. Oh yeah, like, do, 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 do. <laughs> and uh, his his character was like. Crazy, yes. Like, Completely and, nuts. Uh, I mean, a way to yeah. say that it's just nuts, yeah. But like the whole thing, like he's like in the, in the interrogation rooms, and he's got like the TVs all around him, and it's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> There's like lions and tigers everywhere, yes. roaming bears on my yeah, New York, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, it was madness, man. So yes, great movie. I haven't seen that one in a long time. They're making a TV series, you know. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. I saw that. There's a, there was always that weird like the guy causing the thing to happen in the past like uh, Avengers Endgame taught us that that's bullshit apparently right you go back in the time you go back in time but you're not going back to your timeline you're going back to a timeline if you go back to you know they went back to New York in 2012 and uh, what's your name the 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 Oracle person the what's her name Tilda Swinton the bald one the bald chick. Right, what's her, what was her name? Oh, the, the ancient, uh, the ancient, ancient one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she was saying she she pulls out this timeline. I was like, "This is my timeline." You take a fucking stone out, you're fucking up my timeline. Yeah, it's her you timeline. just made six more. Yeah, go fix it. Yeah, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis was in another great time travel movie called. Oh, I always complete, well, blank on this one. Um, with somebody, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Levitt. Oh, oh I know yeah, the yeah, yeah. I think of that fucking it's one word, right? I think so. So he was sent back to like kind of kill himself or something like that, right? Or yes. Is it like sliders? <laughs> no. You know though the you know Switcheroo. The, uh, you know though the the thing that I remember that uh, in that movie the most is the use of the term blunderbuss because nobody <laughs> uses that term for a gun ever. Loop, uh, looper. 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 That was it. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic movie. 
Time travel movie with uh, Bruce Willis. So my number... What are we doing? Two. Two. There we go. Yeah. Uh, my number two is seven. I got a scene here from the movie Seven. That scene. There! We've all seen it, we don't know it. But uh, if you haven't seen it, they go into a room where they assume the killer is. Killer is not in this room. Get up now, motherfucker. His victim is. Now! Um, apparently, he starved him for months and months. He has uh, air fresheners strung about the room. Still smells like shit, apparently. They are they found a, a body. <coughs> oh no, fuck me. Up. Yep. Dex! You wanna come take a look at this? It was his sloth victim. Dex! Great, let's walk into the room. Okay, bye. Margaret Human, Brad Pitt, walk into the room. Yeah, it's just Victor. Call an ambulance. The fuck is this? First, it'd be more like it. Also for What's going on here, California, get your people out of here. They all now, go. No one touches anything. Expired. Some kind of friggin' wax sculpture or something. One of the, uh, one of the cops gets in real close to the body. Dude's got bed sores all over him. This must be the first one. Look. It's dated exactly one year ago today. Jesus. That's something you mean treated your other Morgan Freeman's voice and Brad Pitt's face. <laughs> Just silky smoothness all around. And the dude was alive the entire time. Brutal. <laughs> he almost wasn't. Ugh. And not just because he was sitting there, because apparently everybody's first instinct would shoot him. So, yeah, the first time I saw this movie, I wasn't clear on what happened to one of the guys. He kills a hooker. He kills a prostitute. He goes into, he's in that uh, strip club, right? And he's yeah. about to have sex with the stripper. And then John Doe comes in and puts a, he puts a strap on, on the guy to fuck the woman with, but it's not a dildo, it's a knife. And he fucks the woman to death with the knife, mm. belt, dildo. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't clear about that the first time I saw yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> because they're interrogating him, and he goes, I fucked fuck, 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 fuck her and I killed her. I fucked her. I was like, what, what do you mean you fucked her and killed her? I don't, how do you fuck a person to death? Oh, okay. Now That's how. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That my number two. Uh, great acting, great scene. One of the best uh, twists of all time. Uh, unseen twists of, you know, to, was Brad Pitt's character was the last victim, you know, the John Doe somehow figures out his wife and he kills his wife, chops her head off, and then he damn shame too, Willem Paltrow. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, John Doe knew she was pregnant. I think and then yeah, somehow so, sooner than sooner than so, his, sooner than, his, sooner than the Brad husband. Yeah, so then Brad Pitt finds the box, gets the head in the box. Somehow the guy. Agrees to deliver a box. FedEx uh, delivery driver agrees to deliver a box in the middle of nowhere with 
with high amounts of police presence around. But then, yeah, they delivers the box. And what's in the box? What's in the box? What's the in, the box? Box? in the box? One of the greatest lines of all time. <laughs> One of the greatest line deliveries of all time. What is the box? What's the box? Uh, would you shoot that guy? You'd probably shoot that guy if you had the chance, right? Oh, He'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> there's a theory. Well, there's a, like, a weird conspiracy theory that this Brad Pitt is the uh, Brad Pitt previous. He's, this is like the prequel to 12 Monkeys. Oh, really? That's crazy. It's kind of like the thing I was talking about last yeah. week where it's like combine the yeah. you know, make a make a old MCU. Brad Pitt universe. Yeah. BPU. <laughs> like we did with the Tom Hanks universe last week. Yeah, yeah exactly. you, know, you know The Rock's got one now, the Dwayne Johnson universe. Yeah? Yeah. That makes sense. He's in a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great movie. Arlie Ermey was the guy. Uh, John C. McGinley. I don't know if you knew this. The guy, uh, what's his name from Scrubs? Uh, Cox. Cox, yeah. Cox was in this. Cox. Cox. Kevin Spacey, Ar- Arlie Ermey. Um, yep. Shh, you weren't supposed to tell him that. <laughs> Yep, fantastic movie all around. David Fincher. This is the first time Brad Pitt worked with David Fincher. He worked with him again on Fight Club and then on uh, uh, A Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yep. So number two. Number two for uh, Mr. Chris over there. Number two was Interview with a Vampire. I mean, yeah. First off, I read the book. And you know, the book was good. Um, and again, you know, I'm, I am a fan of, of movies that will follow a plot line but take a lot of like... They're not afraid to stray a little bit. You know, and... Again, this was another movie that I thought had amazing casting, especially for the time when you, you know, you know, you hear names like Christian Slater, Tom Cruise, Kirsten Dunst, Antonio Banderas. You know, you're in. We know all of these guys because you know they've been around for a while. You know, what I mean, but they weren't that big back then. You no, know, what I mean, Kirsten Dunst was still a kid in this yeah. movie and still yeah. put on a fantastic performance. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right in the, right in the pie hole. Okay. Right in the pie hole. Put <laughs> it in your mouth. <laughs> we had that song. We did like top five uh, sexiest songs. I'm not sure if it's a sexiest song, but it has sex in it. I think my my pick was most sexy. I went with most sexy. Yeah, you went sexy song. We Mo- were doing songs to sex too. Most filthy songs I did. <laughs> Put it in your mouth. Yes, and I had um, my neck, my back. And my crack and my pussy and my ass. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> butchered it, but yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it anyway. Sounds As if the song could be butchered, did it. So Interview with a Vampire. So yeah, so Interview with a Vampire, you know, I mean, I, I just felt like everybody played the role that they were supposed to. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that people cracked on, you know, Brad Pitt's performance in it. They can go suck one because I thought he was actually really good. You know, I mean, the whole, I mean, come on. He, he falls to his knees in the rain and eats a and eats a rat. I mean, how is that not self loathing? Loathing, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, but I think probably my favorite part about the movie is how he's constantly being manipulated by the other characters. I haven't seen this movie. You have not seen this no. movie? Have oh, you? Mine. At the end. No, no, I have not. Well, no, I, I lie. I've seen pieces of it, but I don't remember enough yeah. of it. So right. the thing is, is that like you know the thing the thing with him is is that he is you know Louis as a character by himself is not very interesting. Like he he's a plantation owner, becomes a vampire, hates being likes being a vampire, hates being a vampire, likes being a vampire. You know he goes back and forth, but who you know his how he feels about it is generally directly connected to who he happens to be around at the time. You know Tom Cruise plays a wonderful stat who. A vampire that later shows up in other movies, though not played by Tom Cruise. But, you know, and I'm not normally a big Tom Cruise fan, but he killed it. I mean, he's, he was psychotic. He was crazy. He kept showing up. He was a great villain. 
Uh, Kirsten Dunn's probably still one of my favorite performances from her. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, just very well. I mean, they had great source material to work with. Um, Christian Slater, even, you know, that's a name you don't hear. (laughs) Christian fucking Slater. That's right. You don't hear his name very often, but you know, for the, you know, he doesn't have a very big part of the role or a big uh, role in the movie, but he makes what he has work. Mm. You know, it's just, uh, you know, and again, another another, uh, favorite thing of mine from Brad Pitt is, you know, how he can just kind of work seamlessly with other names, you know? Well, that's the thing. Like he's he's. I think he's a supporting actor stuck in a male leading role's body. Like he has the body and the looks and the charisma of a leading man. I don't think he has the acting ability of a leading man. Fuck you, say. <laughs> <laughs> like him and Tom Cruise are le- are supporting actors stuck in a leading man role, the leading man's body. They have the body and the charisma and the face, right? Of a leading man. Oh, God, man. I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> this part of the show being censored for extreme violence. <laughs> it's not his fault. I'm just saying he it's he not was his fault. <laughs> he's ca- he he is yeah he has the what do you call it the shell of a leading man right and he, and they cast him as leading men right they put him in these positions of being leading of a leading role right I don't think he has the acting chops to support the leading role that it, that it calls for. The Rock, yeah, sure. Rock is the same way, though. I think I feel like he has. Okay, hold on. We, you man went back off this time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the Rock is the same way. There's a lot of actors that are like Sylvester Stallone. Like, who would you say would be a good leading man? A good leading man is like um, Robert Downey Jr. <sighs> like, there's a lot of people. I, I, I feel like there's an argument that anyone could, is a better supporter. Yeah, but I mean, we, you don't have to work as hard if you're a supporting actor, though. Like, I mean, if that's the thing yeah exactly and i mean and there's also genre you know but what i mean you I, also might be looking at it the wrong way where what if the person he's working with is bringing out the best, best of him, him yeah. you know like maybe he needs you know a little bit of uh you know back and forth yeah right yeah, yeah so I mean, does. I mean, you imagine just, you doing this podcast by yourself you think you'd be a good leading man <laughs> no. but then you get me you throw me in the mix exactly we work off each other so leading out man, the best in each other denzel washington off, not off, tom hanks denzel washington all right i'll fuck with that tom hanks uh I feel like, well, I think DiCaprio was actually in the same boat. I think he he carried Revenant. He carries a lot of movies very well. The Departed. He's in a lot of good movies. He he can do the leading man thing. I think DiCaprio. Actually, no, I'm gonna take that back. DiCaprio is a leading man in a. So what are we saying, body. lead man? Like, okay, in the context Car- of Brad, carrying the film, Brad Pitt movies, like, like Troy was Achilles the lead man. I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't know. Was he okay, well, like Fight Club. I mean, yeah, he was definitely. What about Fight Club? Edward Norton would, would be the main man, wouldn't he? He was the main guy in that. So the, I think that was the best yeah, casting. See, was it that 1A, was, 1B, or was, was it just like, a clear? That was his best. He was born to play that role because he was the supporting man. He was the guy that people that people aspire to be, right? Because he even says that, like, I am the guy you, you think about when you fuck. I am the guy. Yeah. I am what you. I didn't make you up. You made me up. But Well, yeah, that too. But also he was saying, I am who you think you want to be. I'm, I'm Gosh, who, not supposed to talk about Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, somebody had to make that joke at least once. He, uh, he's, I forget what the line is, but he's like, I fuck how you want how, to, I fuck how you want to fuck, I look yeah. how you want to look, I am everything you want to be. Right. So that was his perfect role for the guy that this, the main guy wants to be. Okay. Yeah. So then in your idea of what Brad Pitt is as an actor, would you say that Fight Club was yeah. peak Brad Pitt? Yeah. Or the best thing that he's ever done? 
I like Benjamin Button a lot. So, <laughs> but that's not. He was the lead. In he doesn't Benjamin have to Button. do a lot. I, what I'm saying no, is, Keith Blanchett was, dude. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harrison Ford, lead actor. There you go. That's that's like the charisma, and the good looks, and the well. Again, it's the it's. But you're talking charisma. I mean, charisma I mean, they, they and acting ability charisma. are two different. They all have charisma exactly, but I think if you have more charisma than acting ability, then you be, that's a, a curse. I think he's Brad Pitt's cursed with with the good good looks, right? Because cursed. You, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. I'm trying to find other. You fall back on that smolder. The fall back. Do I have to read? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking about? Number two? Number two. Dion's number two. Okay, oh, so. I already said it was in Glorious Bastards. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dude. That's right. Uh, so my number... Right. So we're at, we're at the one. The do we, one. Do we do, do, do honorable, honorable mentions, or do we just go straight to one? Oh, you can throw some honorable mentions. Yeah, we're going to throw an honorable mention out there. Go ahead. Honorable mention. You know what? Uh, Megamind. going to throw on ah, Megamind. You know what I mean? Animated. Yeah. I say, that, um, I say that when you get right down to it, like, versatility is what makes a good actor. And so, sure, anybody you know, anybody could walk on stage and be like, "Yo, it's me, it's Brad Pitt." But when you got a man, when you got a guy that looks nothing like him, but you know, you recognize his voice. You know, I mean, if you can't do a voiceover, then what? I mean, what are you really doing? Yeah, sure, that's actually your argument right there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mastermind, I guess, would be his one of his greatest movies because he didn't have to fall back <laughs> on his. You <laughs> know, he couldn't fall back on his looks. Yes, he exactly. had to actually use his talent. And fun fact, and fun fact about uh, you know, you were talking about the back and forth, but. Fun fact about a lot of animated movies is that when you're doing voiceovers, there are a lot of times that there are nobody in the room with you. You're just reading off your lines. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that takes a lot of, like, you know, the ability to improvise and, you know, the ability to, you know, really get get into your character, you yeah. know I mean? Method acting almost, you know? Yes, 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 yes. So, I always like to uh, rank Brad Pitt movies, like, by, like, what role did he play as in, like, you know... Well, was he was sexy grandpa, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> For Megamind, in your personal, professional opinion, what was his sexy uh, character as in, in Megamind? Uh, the sexy voice Brad Pitt? Like, what kind of sexy Brad Pitt are we dealing with right superhero now? Superhero Brad Pitt, man. I mean, sexy superhero? Sexy superhero. I mean, that's... Mm. When will he actually play a superhero? He was, a, he was for a second in Deadpool, Deadpool 2. It was for, oh right! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, invisible guy. And there we are. A <laughs> um, couple. He's uh, made it. Yeah, a couple honorable mentions for me: Moneyball, Moneyball in yeah. 2011. 2011 had him in Tree of Life. Um, for who actually was in that with him? I think maybe Cage Blanchett again. Uh, let me look that up. No, it was uh, that that redhead chick. Uh, right. Redhead chick. The redhead chick. You know yeah. that one. Uh, the one that. Broke up her, him and Julie. Jack, no, Jessica Chastain. Oh, wrong. Sorry, her. wrong. Yep. Wrong one. Oh, naked chick. Yes, one of the first uh, Ty Sheridan movies. He was in. Uh, <laughs> he was in that uh, Ridger Player One. Yeah, great movie. Great movie about like, growing up in the fifties hmm. and stuff. Him playing a dad. He's great as a dad. He should do more dad roles. Twenty Fourteen's Fury was fantastic in that. Okay. Him and uh, Labouf. Labouf knocked out a tooth for that role. Yeah, she locked Can't really more. change anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> you know, I'm actually going to throw one more that gets overlooked very, very often is uh, Being John Malkovich. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. Okay. Meet Joe Black. Meet Joe Black, yeah. That was always... Well, just the, the concept of it was interesting. But yeah, he was a stage five cleaner. He wanted to take her back with him. Like, <laughs> bro, bro, you can't do that. That's that's against the rules. What else? Uh, there's... What's, what's the one slipping? Oh, uh, yeah. Thelma and Louise. Yeah. You know? 
classic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, basically anything on our list is that isn't on our list is an honorable mention. So right. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, this is the fight. Tyler watch Fight Club last night. Gentlemen. And uh, so I rewatched it, and, and for years I was like, wait a second. It starts. Fight Club starts the club itself, right? It starts because a dude is watching Edward Norton beat the shit out of himself. That's what I thought, but no, it's. Another guy, at some point, somebody watches him beat the shit of himself, and then another guy gets in there, starts fighting. They're outside in the parking lot. This is before the basement, even. So he's fighting. Edward Norton's fighting another guy, or Brad Pitt's fighting another guy, right? Yeah. Whatever. And then somebody else is like, I got next. I got next. And for years, I thought it was like the guy was watching Edward Norton beat the shit of himself. And it's like, so you're sitting there watching a dude beat the shit of himself. He's obviously crazy. And then you're like, I got next to who? Who are you saying next to? You're, you're, I got next to the crazy guy beating him, beating yeah. the shit of himself. Yeah, that's that's the that's the joke. But that He's, wasn't that wasn't what happened. He was at some point he starts fighting somebody else. Somebody else watches him fight, and then the first fight that where the guy was like, "I got next." Yeah, it was a stranger. So and, somebody had already walked in. He was fighting. Yeah, yeah a exactly. real person. A real person. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Project Mayhem started like earlier. Like they were, like. The crazy shit already happened. Like I got, I got my notes. You know what am I talking about? I got notes and shit to, to hear. Um, got notes. <laughs> yeah, Project Mayhem started like with Norton doing it himself. Like the first thing they do, they start like, uh, you know, kin cars, and then they were. What were the? I got the thing here. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, po- so look away from the phone. So Project Mayhem. Before it started, there were uh, cutouts from newspaper clippings, and some of the headlines were Police Sees Poop Catapult, Performance Artists Molested, Power Outage at Local Mall, Missing Monkeys Found Shaved. So this is before the Project Mayhem even even really started. Um, some of my favorite quotes are when, he's talk, when he hasn't even started fighting Tyler yet, they're looking at a car that blew up, and they're saying and they're examining it, and one guy goes, you see where his fat melted to the back of the car seat? Very <laughs> modern art. <laughs> and then they're on the plane, and Brad Pitt's talking to to Norton, and, and Brad Pitt's like, "How's that working out for you?" Norton goes, "What?" And Brad Pitt goes, "Being clever." He's like, "Pretty good." He's like, "Keep at it." <laughs> Brad Pitt's always eating. If you ever watch a Brad Pitt movie, he's always eating something. The first time uh, Jack or Edward Norton, what are we going to call him? Jack, the the main character. He called himself Jack. So yeah, sure. Jack calls Called narrator. Narrator calls Tyler, and Tyler picks up. He's like. Yeah, what's up? You hear him eating in the background. When he's the, when he first calls him, and he's like, the the thing blew up, and he's like, "Hey, you want to get a beer?" And then you get the, they get the beer, and then Brad Pitt's like, "Just ask me, man. Just fucking ask me. Three beers, you can't even fucking ask me. What? What do you mean? You want to you want a uh, place to stay?" And everyone's like, "Is it a problem?" And then Brad Pitt's like, "Is it a problem for you to ask?" He's like, uh, "Just fucking stay there." Like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then there's this scene. He's like, "I want you to hit me." As hard as you can. <laughs> and then uh, Norton hits him in the ear. I guess that was like a ad He's like, hit me in the fucking ear, man. Oh, God. God damn. I'm sorry. I fucked it up. No, it's perfect. Right in the stomach. <laughs> uh, let's see. The things you own end up owning you. A nice big cock. Nice yes, big the cock. cock. Yes. The cock is known. There's a. So you haven't seen this, but the, there's. there's uh, 
flashes of things in the movie, like Brad Pitt's in the background a lot. And they yeah, flash, a cock, so, apparently. Yeah. There's a cock. There's a giant <laughs> cock. So first of all, the cock... When <laughs> here's the thing about a little concerned sitting here. Here's the thing about the cock. You know, <laughs> there's a giant cock at the end, like at the very very end of the movie. They show a giant cock, and people are like, "Is that Brad Pitt's cock? Is that a... the same cock is shown when uh, when Jack is talking about Tyler's uh, like overnight activities? He's the he splices film uh, frames of dicks into kids movies. So they show a, a theater of kids watching a kids movie, and like ha 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 for like a second there's like a girl crying <laughs> you don't realize what they just saw but they saw a big beady cock <laughs> and so that cock from that movie is the same one at the end they show the, the frame of it and it's the same cock at the end huh. I looked it up and yeah. I, I don't know whose cock it is they never said Brad Pitt was like you know Fincher put himself in all his movies so. what was that Google search Bike Club cock yes <laughs> who, who's Bike Club Kid cock, movie cock. there's a line when uh, the first time Tyler and Marla fuck and Marla comes down and she leaves. First of all, so think about this, right? A woman's fucking a guy, and then she comes downstairs to have breakfast, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? And she's like, what? Like, why are you in my house? And she's like, fuck you, and she leaves. And then Tyler comes down, and he's like, you got some fucked up friends, let me tell you. I, had, I fucked this chick last night. The shit that came out of her mouth, and they show her say, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. <laughs> <laughs> the alternate line, do you know what the alternate line was, Dan? No. I would have your abortion. Oh, no. <laughs> that one got cut for uh, for ratings, I guess. <laughs> ratings. Time. They're trying to save time. Um, well, let, me, let, me get, let me get one in sure. here. Sure. <laughs> Was it ticking? <laughs> Actually, throwers don't worry about ticking because modern bombs don't tick. Sorry, throwers? Baggage handlers. But when a suitcase vibrates, then the throwers got to call the police. My suitcase was vibrating? Nine times out of ten, it's an electric razor. But, but every, every once, once in a while, while it's... A dildo. It's a dildo. <laughs> of course, it's company policy never, never to apply ownership in the event a of a dildo. We have to use the indefinite article. A dildo, never your, your dildo. dildo. I don't own a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is talking to his boss. So he's been, you know, delinquent. He's been coming in smoking, bleeding. His boss is getting pissed, right? So he walks into his boss's office and he's like, so listen, all our cars are fucked. The brake, brake lines fail after a thousand miles. Fuel injections fail and blow up the car. I know all this. I can tell the press about it. So how about I work from home? I cannot tell people about this, and that'll be my job to not pe- not tell people about this. Just pay me a bunch of money every week. I'll stay home. Boom, we're good. And the and the, the, the boss says, uh, get the fuck out of here. You're fired. And everyone goes, nope, wait, I have a better solution. <laughs> no, how about no? Yeah, and he starts beating the shit out of himself. He's like, poof, poof, Oh, poof. God, what are you doing? He, he's grabbing his butt. Ah. He grabs himself by the shirt. He looks behind him. He's like, no, what, what is that? What? No, no, no. And he throws himself on these like glass shells in the back of the room. Picture and then case. he crawls up onto his boss and grabs him by the collar. And, and then that's when the security walks in. So they're like, Please Clearly, stop <laughs> please me. stop hitting me. <laughs> Secu- security's like, all right, I guess he got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> um, that fight with Edward Norton beating himself up won best fight for that year at the uh, MTV Movie Awards. Which one was that? With the parking garage? Or No, in his boss's office. Oh, yeah, okay. In the yeah, that fight. Yeah. Someone wasn't listening. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I was listening. That was a funny part. Very interesting um, like scene following a scene. There's a scene where... 
Brad Pitt and Tyler are talking, or, or Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are talking about like what's a what's a man and and what's a they see they're on a bus and they see an ad for Calvin Klein underwear and he's got the models like you know shirtless just abs and Brad Pitt goes you know self improvement's masturbation so they're looking at a shirtless dude you know ripped jacked whatever the cut to the next scene you know what the next scene is it's where Brad Pitt stands up with his abs yeah yeah yep do you know what he's doing to that guy right before he stands up. He's punching him in the fucking dick, like over and over <laughs> oh, yeah, again. Yeah, it's a pow, yeah, pow, pow, pow. <laughs> what? The? <laughs> he stands up like a golden oh, god that he is. But I thought it was interesting that, like, you know, comparing, contrasting, like, who needs that? Who needs that fucking ripped body? Then cut to very next scene, Brad Pitt standing up with his fucking abs and everything. I thought it was interesting. Yep. Well, I mean, that was that was the thing too. It, it was uh, it, he. He puts that idea in his head. The whole Tyler Durden thing yeah. was a construct yeah. yes. in his mind. Yes. So um, he was the one that formed yes, that, Tyler that, as that image. Jack dude. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He beats the fucking shit out of uh, Jared Leto at one point. He just gets him on the floor, yeah. starts going at him, pow, 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 pow. Then later on, you see him, like his fucking nose is like stitched back so, together. Yeah. Oh, so he was a. Yeah, Jerry yeah. Little, yep. He's like, what got into you, crazy boy? And yeah, I like, wanted to destroy something beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's f- pre-punishment for the Joker. Yeah. He, wow, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, Saw uh, that coming. It was funny that he's saying his speech about, you know, society wants us, society told us that we we're going to be rock stars and, and movie gods and all this in front of Jared Leto because he's, he's in the 36th of Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's funny too. That whole movie, you know, it, it wasn't, so much about like the fight mm. club no you know or anything it was, it was more about like side reform and like yeah commercialisms all that crap yeah like everything you were saying was just, you know uh, everything that you basically already said but the the just the movie what people remember is just like the fighting and everything but that was like hardly the message that it was really trying to yeah put out there that, that chemical burn scene is rough oh, oh yeah Jesus. he puts lie on the guy's hand he kisses it goes his hand and puts lie on Jack's hand and starts fucking starts smoking and burning. Oh. Imagine the smell. <laughs> she talks about that too, Marla, when she gets uh when she gets kidnapped by the the Patrick Mayhem. She's like, they were burning their fingertips with lie. The smell was terrible. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Chris hasn't seen this movie, so I'll just show him the scene. The first rule of Fight Club is my mind. you do not mm. talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not. Talk about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club. Someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out. The fight is over. Fourth rule, only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule, one fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, fights will go on as long as they have to. Bring us a little bit. And the eighth and final rule, this is your first night at Fight Club. You have to fight. You have to fight. This kid from work, Ricky, couldn't remember whether you ordered pens with blue ink or black. But Ricky was a god for 10 minutes when he trounced the major D of a local food court. Sometimes all you could hear were the flat, hard, packing... Still one of the most, like, visceral violence I've seen in the movie. Just like the sound. Or the wet choke when someone caught their breath and sprayed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know where I've been, Lou. 
<laughs> that scene. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So there's a scene where uh, the, the owner of the club that they're fighting in, the basement of the of the tavern they're fighting in, comes in and is like, what are you fucking doing? Basement of Lou's Tavern. Basement of Lou's Tavern. Lou comes in, and then he's like, <laughs> Brad Pitt's like, who are you? You see that sign up front? It says Lou's Tavern. I'm Bob fucking Lou. Lou. Who the fuck, fuck are, are you? you? <laughs> <laughs> like a messed up Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he Lou comes in. He's like, you get the fuck out of here. This is my place. And then mm-hmm. Lou beats the ever-living fuck out of Tyler, like punches him in the mouth, like that. Oh, ran the fucking mouth over, over, over and over again. again. So then Brad Pitt finally gets up and starts Ooh. like grabs him by the by the collar, by the tie, and he's like, "Let us keep it, Lou. Let us keep it, like please, Lou." To pull him off. And yeah, he's just, like completely. His, like, his, his head is shaking. Just picture a guy covered in blood attached to his tie, attached to his tie, and he goes, <laughs> and picture like um, you don't know where I've been. <laughs> picture like uh, what was it from uh, Batman Returns? The the penguins went the the blood out of his mouth, sort of like that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's all dark. Red and shit, yeah. Is that blood? I, w- I thought it was like always some kind of ink or something. Yeah. Goofy. Whatever, whatever penguins bleed, I don't know. Oh, it's black. It was, uh, I I it was blood. It was oil <laughs> coming out of them, yeah. Whoa. You couldn't, you couldn't do that. Like nobody, is there fight clubs around? You think there's actual fight clubs? Well, they call uh, it MMA now. So. No. <laughs> well, yes, but no. Like not, yeah, yeah. not well, regular. Yeah. You could find. Remember when we used to find those DVDs like bare knuckle. Yeah. Like street fights, so, fights. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. listen, a, fight, a fight club show. A fight club begins every single time a teenager sees that movie. So, I mean, yeah. a, a new one. A new one is born. But you can't. You can't stand up and be like, "All right, here's the rules." There's no rule. Like nobody. I. Nobody's gonna do that. Nobody's gonna sit there and be like, "Yeah, you're right. One fight at a time. Yeah, you're right. No shoes, yeah. no shoes." Yeah, no. someone's gonna ruin it. Someone yeah, someone, always ruins so, it. Someone's gonna go to the fucking police and be like, "This guy knocked out my joke." Yeah. Well, like, like those knockout games. Like yeah, where, where they they had that assignment <laughs> where they had to start a fight. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, that was one like, of my favorite scenes too. That's like kind of like the thing where you know like these teenagers normal people around, don't want to fight. Punch. Yeah, normal people don't want to get into a fight. That's funny. Yeah, and plus more and more you're finding out like these days that like, you you blindside someone with one punch and yeah. they they fall wrong, they're dead. Yeah, yeah they're dead. You kill somebody yeah. with one punch. Yeah, it's then, not that. Yeah, it's like, the just bury them in your garden like uh, <laughs> yeah. Robert Paulson. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's so fucked up to like realize that he's behind the whole thing so jack is tyler spoiler alert and uh tyler starts this whole like company of like project mayhem doing all these fucking weird illegal activities so at one point this guy named robert paulson played by meatloaf um they, <laughs> but he won't do that <laughs> they blow up an artist an art artist uh, statue whatever of the ball right and they blow up the ball the ball rolls into a uh Starbucks, the cop that's on duty shoots fucking the guy in the head as they're running away. So they bring him in, his head's like, you know, yeah. his head falls off basically. Jeez. And then <laughs> Jack, who was Tyler, Tyler told him to do this. So he's like, You fucking idiots, why would you fucking do this? And then he's like, uh, So he's dead. This person, real person is dead, right? And they're like, Sir, nobody has names in Project Mayhem. And he's like, No, he, he has a name. Robert Paulson was his name. He's like, I understand. Oh, the guy from Mindhunter was in this in in Fight Club, okay. in the uh, investigator. So he's like, he's the one that says, "I understand." In life, we have no names, but in death, we have a name. This man's name is Robert Paulson. His, His name, name is, is Robert, Robert Paulson. Paulson. <laughs> so then, throughout the rest of the movie, Jack is going to these other locations, finding out like he's built this whole fucking franchise. He's franchising out this whole Fight Club thing, and he goes into a restaurant at one point, and these fucking chefs in the back room are going, "His name is Robert Paulson." The company motto now yeah. is, <laughs> "Yeah." So it's fucked up to be like the guy, like I was saying with like the three body problem, where the guy was. Uh, 
he was tasked with being the guy. He, he had. He, they said, make up a plan in your mind because if we write anything down, the aliens are going to see it. Yeah. So this is like Tyler. Like it's like him saying, "I want to quit. I'm done." So he goes. At one point, he goes to a. a, a uh, police, police, police department he goes into the back room they interview him and he's like yeah there's a friend i'm i'm the guy i built this terrorist terrorist organization we're gonna blow up some buildings in about an hour we have to stop it and then the the main investigator leaves to check out the info the three guys left in the room are like very it's really very, admirable what very, you're doing here <laughs> very smart sir very admirable and he's like what oh fuck <laughs> the three guys are in on he's like you're police officers you can't do this you you told us specifically if, if anyone tries to mess with this we got to get his balls. <laughs> like, no, 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 this is done. He said you'd say that. I'm serious. He said you'd say that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's over. This is over. You definitely said you were going to say that. So then they try to get his balls. Then he pulls a gun and then he runs to the bank. Like, whatever. the plan was to blow up banks, which I don't understand. Like, you can to erase everyone's credit. To erase their credit, but it's online. It's on fucking the internet. Like, hey, it was 95, right? 99. <laughs> internet was just showing up back then. Yeah. <laughs> so, history lesson 101, folks. Yeah. He, he has this fight. Oh, there's a callback of like him. At the very, very beginning of the movie, you see uh, Tyler holding a gun to Jack's mouth. And he's like, Do you have any last words? And then at the beginning of the movie, Jack says, I can't think of anything. At the end of the movie, he does. The, he asks him the same question. Can you think of anything to say? It was the and, same question as it was like that part catching up. And then Jack says, I still can't think of anything. And then Tyler says, huh, continuity humor. I like it. <laughs> 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 it's a very uh, self-referential movie. Highly recommend you watch it. Uh, a couple other parts that I, uh, I like. Uh, this is what we they don't talk about the Fight Club. Because <laughs> <laughs> they never... Well, they were in the restaurant and like all his, his guys were like in there because they're, they're cooks and everything and yeah. the, the waiter comes up and is like, oh, uh, what would the lady like? And she's like, oh, I have the clam chowder. And he's like, might I advise against the clam chowder? Yeah. Clean, clean food, please. And he's like, I advise against clam chowder. And she's like, why is everything free? What? <laughs> I don't understand. And then at the end when they're standing and watching the, all the buildings explode and yeah. it's just like... She's like, it's like, you've met me at a very strange time in my life. <laughs> I was like, that's a perfect way to sum up this movie. Can you imagine that? Like, at the one point, she comes into the house, and there's, like, all these workers around, like, fucking doing gardening, doing carpentry, and he goes out into the garden with, a, like, a vodka or whatever, just swigging from this thing of vodka, and then Marlo walks up, and, and Jack goes, like, he's not here. And Marlo's like, what do you mean he's not here? He's like, uh, Tyler gone tyler went away tyler's not bye here bye. <laughs> and Mar- can you imagine dating a dude or fucking a dude that has like schizophrenic uh, schizophrenic dude. It's like, it's, yeah. like the first time you watch this she's she just walks away because like oh he's being an asshole or whatever but then you realize she's walking away she's like i'm going to walk away before this man kills me <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh. Uh, great fucking movie. Top five Brad Pitt movies. We did it. We did it. Did you get your one? It? I don't think you did either. No, my uh, my number one was Fight Club. Oh, what's your number? That's one? why I went oh. on the, like the. Ah, I, see, I, see. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, let well, him do both because the other seven. One. Okay, oh, yes, seven? Right, yes, yes, yes. So that's it. That's it for this week. Uh, we're gonna do a little bit of uh, last call cast. Last call cast coming up. Uh, oh yeah, we got the topics, and we'll give you the topics right now, so you can tell the people what to look forward to yeah folks stay tuned if you're interested in uh damien watching the boys question mark i hope he has context (laughs) to that bagging syndrome old rooster teeth stories and uh let's be honest folks last week he said he was done with rooster teeth (laughs) but here we are and more of the three body problem (laughs) all this and more so for can i say something i've been damien i've been the uh it's been chris I'll see you next week. Some people think they're always right.
dope. Welcome to the last golf cast. I'm Damien. I'm Dion. Yes. Uh, so this week, what, I, it, what are you drinking, bud? Er, 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 I'll take a Sam Adams. Oh, where'd it go? I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, be right back. Folks, the idea of last call cast was <laughs> uh, for all the general thoughts and statements yeah. that we haven't had or, co- or didn't want to say during, uh, can I say something? It, and we have to accomplish this goal by the time we finish our beer that we have open. Yes, exactly. So, Damien, kick it off. Uh, I watched The Boys. Do the you Boys. Know what the Boys is? No, I don't. The Boys is a uh, Amazon Prime original movie. Are they back in town? They are back in town. <laughs> the Boys. <laughs> Yeah, then Lizzie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. So yeah, the boys, uh, based on a comic book by Garth Ennis. Uh, it's a very grit, down and dirty, grit and grimy, uh, realistic take on the superhero genre. Okay. Yep. So it's basically uh, starring Carl Carl Urban. You know Carl Urban, on the top left there. Okay. From Star Wars. I do know. Star Star Trek. Sorry. Star Trek. Uh, we got Jack Quaid, uh, or Randy, not Randy Quaid, Dennis Quaid's son. <laughs> yeah. One of the, one of the Quaid's nice. sons. So yeah, it's a bunch of, um, Randy. seven, the seven, right? Are a group of superheroes. Sort of like Justice League. Uh, Homelander is based off Superman. He can fly. He's got heat vision, super okay. strength, all of that. Um, we've got his like girlfriend, ex-wife named Queen Maeve. She's like Wonder Woman, but she can fly. Uh, a guy named uh, uh, a guy named the Deep, who is basically Aquaman. Mm-hmm. His name is the Deep. Um, Rolling in it. Yeah. <laughs> who else? A Train is a fast dude. A Train. A Train. Remember the wrestler A Train? No. It's Prince Albert. He oh. Changed his name to A Train. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mother's Milk. Okay, so okay, never mind. The the seven, right? That's what did I say? Three. So there's that. There's the Black Noir is like some. Batman ish dude. He's like he's yeah, uh, dressed in black a lot. Um, who else? Am I missing? What did I say? Six, five, four, four. Oh boy, uh, invisible dude. Because there's like a bunch of people that don't make it through the pet through the first two episodes, so it's weird to remember them. An invisible dude named Transparent. Um, what am I, what am I missing? Da, 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 da. They didn't work too hard on these names. No, <laughs> not really at all. So, anyways, What's the word that's like, der- like derivative. Pretty much their superpower. <laughs> pretty much they are. Uh, Scott turns invisible. Oh, he's transparent. <laughs> they have a guy named Mesmer who who was played by uh, uh, what's the kid from Sixth Sense? Uh, that kid, whatever his name was, Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment, which reminds me of Chris because he's like kind of a puffy now. Right. Yeah. He, he, uh, <laughs> that's he, a good kid. Yeah. He's really good. Does he mesmerize people? He he touches people and he can see, he can see their thoughts and memories oh. and shit. Okay, what am I missing here? Uh, Simon Pegg plays uh, one of the dads. <laughs> um, Translucent Translucent Popclaw has spikes coming out of her. Shockwave is a fast dude. Um, so, anyways, the, the premise of the of the show it's um, superheroes are like it's real world. So they work for a corporation named Voight, and Voight basically oversees them. Uh, uh, gives them money, gives them protection, legal legal protection, and they give them money and gives them, you know, movies. They're they're in their own movies, so it's like, you know, the MCU, but if real superheroes were in their own movies. But they are, you know, morally gray people. So the very first start of the show is A-Train running through a woman. 
Uh, the their character Huey, played by Jack Quaid, he's holding his girlfriend's hand, and she walks into the street, and a train <laughs> goes right through her, Ooh. and he's standing there holding her hands, and uh, Ooh. basically that's his motivation to uh, take down the superheroes with the help of the boys. The boys are the uh, group of you know not outlaws, but like you know CIA operatives that are working to take down the boys. They're yep. take down the uh, the seven. So uh, the guy, uh, what's his name, Hugh, Hugh, he starts working with uh, Billy Butcher, and he's like a normal dude, normal, you know, uh, what do you call it, CIA operative. And you have Mother's Milk from, the, I guess from the comic. There's a big change from the comic because all of the boys have superpowers too. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a recipe or what do you call it? It's a, uh, some medicine or a toxin or something. Ointment. No, it, you inject it into your skin. Ah. It's where all the superheroes came from. They don't tell you that until the end. But the Compound V in the comics, everyone was taking it, including the boys. And Mother's Milk is named Mother's Milk from the comic because apparently his mother took it while he sh- while he was in the womb. And now he needs to keep up his, his powers. He has to suckle on her teat. On her teat. Okay. Yeah. Just waiting for that one to drop. Yeah. So I was going to say, there's a boy named Mother's Milk. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Rough. <laughs> rough, very rough. Uh, Mother's Milk and let's see, who else? Oh, oh, I forgot about Starlight is part of the seven. Um, she is dating Huey. So Huey meets Starlight as a normal person. She gets. Her, she's like the recruit. She's the new one. She's the new member of the seven. So Huey meets Starlight and that's basically their in, his in to get to get information about the seven to try to take him down. So then... So yeah, it's this whole weird thing of like, uh, when Starlight joins the Seven, they tell her, okay, superhero stuff isn't like in the books, in the comic books or in the movies. We tell you where the bad stuff is happening and you go there and we have this whole team of people, you know, uh, photographers and camera people and uh, journalists and people that will be there when the fight is over. And this is like a sanctioned, a sanctioned encounter where they say, you know, there's five people here and you're going to kill, you're not going to kill them. You're going to incapacitate them. If you kill them, it's a whole legal issue. So try not to kill anybody. Mm. So it's that sort of thing of like, you know, <laughs> what if superheroes in, were in 2019 and they were controlled by a giant corporation? Oof. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, yeah, it is a very weird thing where Starlight out of, out of character, out of costume is walking down the street and she's part of the corporation already. She's part of the seven. She's part of Voight. So she sees like a girl about to be mugged and she kicks the shit out of the two guys. The girl takes off. And then Void calls her and they're, they have a meeting and they're like, why would you do that? That wasn't a sanctioned encounter. We could have been sued by the two guys. The girl isn't coming forward. There's no evidence that there was a attempted mugging or rape or whatever. So don't do that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's just, it, and then uh, eventually it's this weird thing of like the girl comes forward. And then they have this whole thing of like, yeah, that was really, uh, that really, worked well with females white females 18 to 34 that market really responded to that event and this it's this whole gross thing of like you know taking superheroes and commoditizing them and corporatizing them and being like here's the here's the marketing angle of what we can do with you guys Hmm. yeah very interesting show very bloody show um there is nobody good on this show because everyone does really really shitty things okay (laughs) even uh uh, what's his name? Homelander, which is the Superman equivalent, um, just enjoys killing people like viciously. There's a point where he goes into like a terrorist 
house and just does his, uh, you know, eye beam thing to everyone. There's clearly like prisoners. There's clearly like women and children in like in the back room, whatever. And he just goes, vroom, 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 just kills everybody. Just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> One guy, he chops off his leg with his eyes and then like slowly walks over to him and puts his, his foot on the guy's head and slowly crushes his head. Jesus. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a scene where he, they're in an airplane and there's terrorists on board and they kill the terrorist. But in killing the terrorist, he fucks up the, the, the controls, the flight controls, so they can't land the plane. And so his wife or whatever, Queen Maeve, says, we have to, you know, are we going to save these people? And he's like, I, it's, it's, it's cool that he says that they incorporate, like, realistic physics into it because he's like, if I try to lift the plane, I'm going to go straight through the plane. It's like I can't physically lift the plane. And she's like, well, get the fucking people out of here. And, like, we're over water. I can't bring people anywhere safely. There's 200 people. The plane's going down in a minute. I literally can't do anything. Yeah. Doesn't end well. That's not end well for uh, anybody. <laughs> it is very interesting. So really good show. Highly sure. recommend. On Amazon Prime. So yeah, it's a number three of a uh, third show you should watch on Amazon Prime. We got The Boys, we got uh, Fleabag, and we got, um, what's the other one? Uh, what's the other one I told you about on Amazon Prime? Sorry. Oh, uh, uh, Killing Eve. The okay. one about the CIA person or the MI6 person tracking down the serial killer. And the or the assassin and the assassin and the investigator fall in love. Yeah, I have to get it for a month. Binge watch. <laughs> you should. What else we got here? We got some stuff here. Dual monitors, baby. Woo! You feel Woo! It, huh? Oh, so I'm back on my bullshit of back like when I was shit. back on my bullshit. Back on my shit. <laughs> back on my shit. Like, remember when I was living with my mom and in my room I had that giant TV <laughs> here? When I was remember when I was living with my mom and I had a TV here and I had a TV there for video games and yep. movies? Who didn't, dude? Back I had on, that back too. on it. I'm back on it. I got the fucking video game over here. I got the movie over there. I'm going to start watching a lot more shit because when I had, you know, just the TV or just the one monitor. It was just like, I'm going to tab out. I'm going to play my Hearthstone. In between scenes, I'm going to, you know, tab, alt tab back into the thing. No longer. No longer, baby. Just like, Not look restricted. over here. Look over there. I'm you like, are untethered. I'm untethered and my rage knows some bounds. Your satisfaction knows no bounds. <laughs> satisfaction knows no bounds. If you haven't been down in my basement, I know that sounds a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually have a TV on a TV. Mm. The top TV is using the bottom TV as a stand. They both work. <laughs> I made it so the the cable goes into the bottom TV, yeah. and then I play the PlayStation with the 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 one on top of the other TV, and nice. I put my uh, exercise bike right in front of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, killing three things one stone, man. <laughs> Watch TV, play a video game, yeah. and work and out. Work it out. It's a dream, dog. It's all you need. It's literally all you need. So yeah. I watched all the boys this week doing that, playing some Rocket League and some Hearthstone at the same time. She's like, oh, wow, look at that. Okay, nothing's going on. I'm going to go back over here. Cool. It's awesome. Okay. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, thank you. Your <laughs> life is really like picking up. It's been great things. <laughs> we were talking last week about, um, or a couple weeks ago, about like uh, these people that, that, that criticize uh, football, Waypoint. They talk about football at the end of their show. Okay. And you're like, well, if they're talking about why are they, you know, do they like football if they're watching it? Why why shit, on all, shit all over it? And they actually um, addressed that this week. So I'm going to pull that up. What I here. said? Yeah. Me, as I'm sure I get. Yes. Growing up wow, with Brett Favre. Fuck you too, buddy. Bay, you felt very similar things. I'm like, here is an elite quarterback who is going to make us fucking pay again and again and again. 
Uh, that was so stressful, and then and then the injury towards the end of that game fucking sucked. Uh, well, that game was, was that game was bookended by like, uh, yes, like you know there there is injuries that you accept as part of a violent game, and in some degree you have to compartmentalize these as well. And just like if you say you like this sport, you have to say you're like not okay with, but like some of this like but these there are two injuries that um like just laid out two guys to start yeah. the game. And to oh, end the game, and they're not kind of injury like a guy maybe so. gets. Eagles. Sometimes there are injuries that look really scary. He mentions it. Out, maybe just got the wind knocked out of them, and they're okay. You know, ten minutes later, but these were injuries were like they cut to commercial break yeah. because the guy's not moving. They come back and they so don't have a commercial to cut to, or they cut back again yeah. because like nothing has changed. And um, it was there was one <laughs> Packers player that happened to uh, yeah. like Jamal Williams, Packers Eagles. running back, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, Avante, someone on the Eagles, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Avante uh, Maddox, who concussion, cornerback, right? Uh, cornerback, yeah, uh, uh, mm. uh, concussion and neck injury, which are like, this is the thing that pushed me away from the sport on top of the right. racism of the owners. Um, is like, <laughs> you watch that play, no one, yeah. You can't legislate that out, right? Like you can. It's you just can, bodies you can... moving around at high speeds. Right. He was hit by his teammate. Like that's the thing that is like that even true? worse yeah. in some ways. Is like the way the play figured out. The two teammates collided. His neck snapped back, and he fell to the ground. That's towards the end of the and game, it too. Was hmm. This like, uh, it was so hard to watch that stuff, and it should be hard to watch. Hmm. Like I'm glad it doesn't cut away to endless commercials while someone is being attended to and you don't get to no, it's, it's, see it's, the it's, it's part of like if you were going to say you're a fan of like the sport at its height when it looks you know like beautiful like right. football Ball at its best flying like, through the air etc right yeah like it, it yeah it's it, in, in some level like a, a violent form of ballet you also have to accept and like not pretend this isn't part of it like it is like again like the, the, the sport is safer than ever but a lot of that has happened for the the quarterback, which in some ways right. cynically is just about protecting the marketability yeah. of yeah, the that's sport. That's not totally true. Um, no, but but I mean uh, what he's saying a little bit, but not so much. Mm. It's safer for everyone. Generations to like retrain. Like you're talking about like people who are in the league for, you know, I mean, I know the average time a person is in the league is only a couple of years, but like for players that have some distance, like they're in it for you know ten plus years, and I think you need to retrain athletes, you know, how they hit from like you know you know peewee sports on up and that takes a long time for that to filter through and even then even once you do all that right like so the the eagles play is a perfect example of that because just shit happens like it's people are running at like extremely (laughs) high speed in which the intent is fucked up potentially and Mm. two players who didn't want to collide most of the time these collisions are someone trying to collide with the other well not the eagles Eagles. Mm. Mont is perfect like notorious piece of shit yeah. who uh, was on uh, coddled by the Bengals he has for, for the year. longest yeah. time hmm. um, along who's the other guy uh, Pac-Man Jones I think was the other guy who was just like part of a pair of just like these are guys who uh, on some level you want to you know like, I was called Pac-Man sure Jones play- he was uh, caught packing heat <laughs> oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice no I mean, I mean that game specifically mm-hmm. The Eagles definitely started that game off, like looking to fuck someone up. Mm. Like the the kick, the dude called fair catch, and he still got plowed. Uh, Jamal Williams, the dude, the, one of the Eagles defenders was holding him, yeah. and then another guy comes in, fucking franks him right in his head, Punches and then he him? just kind of like, no, no, helmet to helmet. Oh, but I'm oh. saying like right <laughs> here in the chin, and he just kind of blah, 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 crumples, laying there. Yep. It's like, oh, he's he's done. Then this all happened in like the first. 
four minutes. Oof. It's like that set the standard. And then just to see the Eagles have a player hit them, hit their own player mm-hmm. was like, all right, dudes, you need some fucking discipline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, totally. I, I mean, I don't know what they're trying to do right there. Like, oh, yeah, the game's, I love the game. It's beautiful. Uh, well, I mean, they they can't watch the big hits. Like it's rough to watch. I think it's just acknowledging that it's rough to watch somebody get hit, but still liking the game is it's, it's, it's tough it's to acceptable. say. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like maybe there are people that cringe away from that kind of thing, but on a different level, you have to understand that these are athletes that want to do this. All right, they might not want to get hit in the head, but they do understand that's part of the game. Yeah, and shit happens, like they said. But yeah, I mean, just to just to get all weird about it i mean uh, just listening to the talk was well i mean what's what's your plan what's your plan of action where are you gonna go with that <laughs> to to say that like you know oh let's say you're at work right and you see like somebody get hurt over and over again right and then you your boss says well do you want to work here or not it's like that's not the answer that's not the approach to take well it's different though like that's a contact sport when i go to work if someone's hurting themselves over and over again <laughs> You should probably get rid of that dude because he's a liability. <laughs> yes. But like in football, like like they said, shit does happen. They yeah. make rules to protect against it. And in those instances, Eagles players probably could have done something different. Right. They just chose not to. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, suspend them or something. Yes. But, I mean, at the same time, all these football play- ball players mm. understand what they're playing. And a lot of them hate the fact that football has kind of been like – kid gloved oh yeah you know mm. i mean yeah none of them want cte for sure <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people have retired but the, the people that don't care about that still play right i mean nobody wants to be like mentally crippled later on in life but there have been people Not usually <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean unless you gotta don't kink shame them <laughs> but yeah there have been people that straight up retire was like no i'm not gonna be like that when i'm older that was the decision yep. now you got you got the the remaining people they understand big hits happen that if you don't have big hits, you kind of lose what football was ever like really almost like the essence almost. Yeah. Yeah. I just like that discussion because it's, you know, it's them being very self-aware of them being like, yeah, I understand. We talk a lot of shit. We criticize this shit a lot, but we understand that to, to, to like the sport, to say you're a fan of the sport is part of that. Is, is, like they said, accept, accepting that the stuff does happen. Yeah. Right. And then to them. So I like that they did say, you know, I understand that the we criticize it a lot, but we also like it a lot. I yeah. feel like you can criticize a lot of things and still be a fan of it. Yeah. No, absolutely, for sure. I just didn't know the direction they were taking yeah. or the, the side they were taking with that. Like, you, you know, like USC, boxing, all that crap. You know, it's the same thing. Like yeah. You have you, to understand that they're, that specific job is to be knocked the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Uh, so, yeah, Rooster Teeth, and, well, it's a new era, end of an era, uh, Bernie Burns left the, the the podcast to focus on more creative uh, aspects of his job. A lot of they're they're restructuring a lot of the stuff where the founding members of Rooster Teeth for a long time had uh, administrative jobs as opposed to creative jobs. So now they're shifting back to a more creative role of creating shows and creating uh, episodes and stuff. So Bernie Burns is doing that as well, and this was his last show. Um, part of the reason I enjoyed him having having him on there was the stories that he would talk about of him and the founding members and the when you talk when you listen to people talk that have been friends for, you know, 20, 30 years, it's a very uh, interesting 
listening to them, you know, <laughs> still bringing up like uh, uh, issues they've had for the last 20 years and hearing the stories and all of that. So uh, maybe I should do this. Wasn't that great? Oh, you know what? Right? It didn't... It's kind of is like make Britain great. It's a new episode. Yeah. Is like, uh, that yeah. was the big dream going to make it someday. Still gonna what get the hell, dude? What? Just, you said oh, you weren't going to listen to Rooster Teeth no more. After he left. You know what, you this is last episode. You're right. It was a black 66 Mustang. Could it have yeah. been any vehicle name? I was planning on us not, yes, not listening after. <laughs> okay. After he left. He didn't leave yet. You couldn't quit him. Chevy I bought a 64 Chevy for $3,000. And it was beautiful to drive by every day on the side of the interstate. At least I didn't fucking replace the engine and let it rot in my driveway, asshole. We were talking about that, you fucking piece of shit. You didn't. You let it. The engine died. You replaced it. And then you didn't. You never drove it again. It's fucking sad. In your driveway and rotted. It didn't rot. It still worked. It rotted. The guy drove it away when he bought it. The fucking thing was no. I refuse to believe that. I believe the rotting part. Here's the you part remember I'm like this is Bernie Burns. Anyone listening doesn't know. Regular basis and my driveway uh, hit that we house in Butte. Fucking stayed again. It's been <laughs> 17 years. It's been 16 years. Skinny little driveway. So I, I paid money out of my own pocket to build a parking pad. Like, just an extension of the driveway where these guys could park. Nobody asked you to do that. <laughs> I, was happy. I was happy to park on the grass. <laughs> the first day the cement's brand new, the first day you could, could handle having a car in it, Jeff parks his car there, and it left a gigantic <laughs> rust stain on it. So to be oh. fair, half of it was oil. It wasn't all rust. <laughs> also, it's a fucking driveway in the elements, man. But it's brand new. It's, it's a car house. You have to admit it looked horrible. The stain? Yeah. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I, see, I fucked <laughs> my house. You I, parked on top of it. You couldn't see yeah, it. I didn't see it for shit. See, I did True. a thing in my current house. I can't have any luck with this. I did a thing in my current house when I moved yeah. in. I used the oil stain in my garage as the, house the point I stopped my car. <laughs> anyway, so I told the painters, hey, can you guys just paint the garage floor? Like, seal it. Because Marcus, had, you can't see it, but he sealed so, the floor in here in stage five. What is the context? So it's like, like a shop floor. Well, it was and just it's them. It's It's... The kind of, well, the reason I brought it up was just to be like, hey, I like these stories. I like oh, okay. This story of old, the olden days of that back in the day. Here's the thing that happened. Them them having those we were re, poor. Re, re, yes, that rapport, that chemistry, that uh, what do you call it? The uh, no, when we were poor. Oh, when we were poor. I said rapport. <laughs> <laughs> well, the rapport. Yeah, yeah. That, that's fine. That's too. the thing too. I just don't fucking. They 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 are having these. They had a lot of layoffs, and they had a lot of restructuring. They had a lot of changes in the company recently, and the community has not been kind to them. The community has really uh, been sort of toxic. Oh, that's another thing. I want to bring up uh, toxic fandom. Al, Al Snow had a really good uh, thing on toxic, toxic. Al Snow? Al Snow, yep. Like, what does everybody want? Yes. Head? Yes. Um, toxic fandom meaning, like, why would you do that? I can't believe you did that. And it's, it's saying, like, well, I'll pull it up here, but it's basically saying uh, you have, the fans have, they don't have the experience to say you were wrong to make that decision. He's saying, like, I'll just pull it up because I'm not going to quote the guy. It's a two-minute thing. I, I, there's a lot about wrestling fans these days I don't understand. They are the goofiest bunch of people I've ever met. <laughs> they really are. With this. I, are I genuinely hate them. I really do. I, I love the fact that they're fans, but I hate them. He's like shit and, on Marks. And yes. This goes back to kayfabe. We used to have kayfabe out of respect for the business, and and because that's what kayfabe was, and it was respect for the fans. And here's why: opinion is the lowest form of human knowledge. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can form an opinion with little or no actual information, and then you can go around and spout it off as if it's a real fact, when it's nothing more than theory, conjecture, and assumption. 
That's all it is, is just that. Real knowledge is not information. It takes a matter of information and experience together that make real knowledge. So you have a bunch of people, fans, that now have access and are privy to information, but have no actual experience. And since they have the information, they think they now have knowledge and an understanding of a business that they've never been in and have never had any experience. What's the problem with that? Is that it leads to assumptions and it leads to conjecture and it also leads to contempt. Familiarity breeds contempt. No matter what it is, the more familiar you become with it, the more contemptuous you become with it. And now you have a group of people, granted a minority, that are very vocal and they're very contemptuous based on information that they think is knowledge. That Pretty they sure really truly about don't have any understanding <laughs> yeah, probably. Or reasoning of why we do what we do, when we do it, or how we do it but now assume they do because of information they have and become contemptuous of it. But they'll still watch it. <laughs> Hate watch. Yeah. Hate and watch so it. what makes it worse is we have people on the inside of the business, performers, writers, etc., management, who live in a wrestling bubble who now cater to this contemptuous vocal minority as opposed to catering to the largest audience which is the general audience that don't really Wrong. know much about or care much about wrestling other than hey i want to be entertained Wrong about what they absolutely cater to the the the, the big art audience yeah like i don't see the people that i want as champion <laughs> i see roman reigns fighting for the umpteen time for and, the, and, the, and the brock lesnar winning for the umpteen time oh my god brock lesnar being kofi in one second that was phenomenal I don't care if anybody hates it. Actually, Chris hated it. <laughs> it's funny that he left because we'd had fun talking about that. Talking he about, hates it. We were talking about that last week of like, what's that match going to be like? Yeah, oh, I, didn't I say something? Yeah. It was just going to be a squash. It better be a squash. But yeah, he had Fox wanted that. So you can't give me that bullshit. Like WWE is lazy. They had, they had become lazy, and that's all there is to it. They cater to like the cheap pop. Why do you think they keep bringing back all these Attitude Era stars? Because people. They think people want to see him, like Stone Cold. Like, I'm never going to not pop for when the, when the glass shatters yes. and he comes out. But then he comes out and you realize, dude's like fucking 50 years old. Yeah. Like, he can't. <clears throat> well, actually, he recently did do a stunner. But says, the only the only person that looks like they could still go is The Rock. Yes. All right. Uh, like Shawn Michaels. Uh, that's right. Triple H is fine, too, I guess. Undertaker. Yeah. No, stop. No, stop no, it. No. They had a beef on uh, Raw where Flair and Hogan we're facing off. No, yeah. No. Yeah. And her, the crowd, the crowd was legit chanting. Chat. The crowd was chanting, one more match. One more match. <laughs> Shut the fuck up right now. No. No more match. No more match. It turned into a Survivor Series. They're picking teams kind of thing for Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. So, first of all, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they've done it twice now, actually. <laughs> and they're not going to stop because. The money. 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 And that's ultimately what they do. They, they, their storylines are based about what kind of money it can bring in and not because I want to see Cesaro as a champ, but you know, Cesaro doesn't have that kind of pull that, you know, John Cena would have or putting the title on Brock Lesnar. He doesn't have the pull or they decided also, also that too. They don't put him over because Vince doesn't see. Well, that's the problem is Vince running the whole fucking thing for 40 years. And the crazy part is Al. Maybe step down, let somebody else do it. 
<laughs> yeah, if only because Triple H with NXT, like that's kind of his brainchild, and yeah. that's more like an indie scene and everything. But what Al was saying right there, it's funny that he says that because Vince never respected. I mean, maybe he respected Al for what he was, but he was basically a joke. He was on a team called the Job Squad. Mm-hmm. You know, jobbing in wrestling yes. is basically taking the fall for anybody. Oh. You know for the better people and sure you have a role to enhance talent but him sitting here like saying oh people don't know like what do you think you were (laughs) i worked out well for you you had a successful career off of it but you never had bigger aspirations than that like i don't know i'm not toxic (laughs) i hey when he's sitting like they'll hate watch i stopped I actually stopped yeah. doing that. Like, <laughs> if I don't want to watch it, I don't watch it anymore. Yeah. I I find it hard to actually watch things. I watched the yeah. the Fox premiere yeah. and saw Brock just shit on Kofi. <laughs> I was so happy. I'm so tired of that underdog story. Like, yeah. it's beaten into the ground. All these stories are beaten into the ground. Al, if you're listening, bro, no, you're wrong. <laughs> the vocal minority never wins. Mm. Never. Mm. Video games, they they not, really not in wrestling. Well, okay, Vince is just like you. I win. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing that he was talking about and the reason uh what's his name Bertie burns brought it up was like the toxic fandom of like what's going on now with rooster teeth of the the layoffs and the changing everything around it's just the fans are saying why would you do that what are you doing um uh, myself I'm, I'm looking at it like you know they they're a million million dollar company hundreds of million dollar company probably they're they've made their money off the backs of people who supported them at the beginning right they bought their DVDs. They bought the merchandise at the beginning. And I feel like what he's saying is, what Bernie is saying is, like, if you don't understand what's, what, why the decision was made, you know, you can't talk to me about it because you weren't here. You're not behind the scenes. You don't know what's going on. You don't, you don't know the tough decisions of doing the layoffs, of doing, you know, the things that we, things that they had to do to get to where they are. You understand it's very, very difficult. You can't, can't be easy to run a company like that. But at the same time, you can't also just brush off everyone's opinion. It's just, that's what I'm feeling like he's, yeah. he's doing is saying like he's he's getting off Twitter. He's getting off all these you know, social media sites, which is probably a good idea in the long run. But to sort of, you know, to ins- insulate yourself and don't listen to the public at all is probably not a good uh. idea either. And so it's just this whole thing of like, you know, from the outside, you look at it like they were, they were bought out by... Uh, uh, full screen, and now they're part of Warner Media. They they were bought out by these big conglomerates a few years ago, and I think it's starting to show where they're they're more catering towards you know uh, more general audience as opposed to focusing on the people that started the company. Help helps the, yep. they, instead of focusing on the fans that help start the company. So yeah, the money. It's mm-hmm. all it's all money. I understand, but still, it's very frustrating to hear somebody just say like, if you're if you aren't behind the scenes if you aren't if you like else no said if you don't have the experience and you only have the opinion and you only have the uh you know assumptions that you're making about why we're doing what we're doing then that's opinions and opinion he said is lowest form of thought but it's also like i <laughs> if i see a pilot land a tr- land a, a plane in a tree i understand he fucked up i don't need to be a pilot to understand the pilot fucked up yeah i don't need to have that experience so i don't I mean, the thing is, too, we're customers. We are, yeah, exactly. You know? and, and, and we, we had, should have a say. We should have a say. And I just, <laughs> he, he, the the other guy, Jeff, made a speech the other day on his podcast, off topic. Uh, he got all teary eyed and was like, "I understand. 
you know, this is very, very tough on all of us. And, uh, I don't, I don't hold any ill will towards any of you for speaking out and being, being angry about this decision, but the layoffs, they laid off like 40 people. Mm. And, uh, so he was just, you know, saying, oh, you, you, again, you aren't here. You didn't know what, why would this happen? Be, you know, but I'm, I'm not angry at you. I hope you can go on and be, have a, have a job like this and have an experience like this so you can truly see what it's like. And it's like, it's not, <laughs> I can have my opinions without having the experience. And yeah, it's, it's it, not totally off, you off know what, base. What else is frustrating about that whole thing too? It's like, Al talked about hate yes. watching yeah. essentially. And, I mean, that's that's perspective. Like, uh, that's how I said it. Like, I do sometimes hate watch it. But also, I tune in kind of to see if it gets better. Because yeah. I don't want to see something that I enjoyed, that I, I helped, you know, bring to its level right. that it's at right now. Like, like kind of like turn its back on me or, or, or you know, destroy or get destroyed or whatever like that. I, I, I watch in the, the hope that it gets better that it caters to my uh the my opinion of what i had like when i was like younger you know yeah. watching it and stuff like that like it's it's not it it could be conceived as hate watching but at the same time it's it's you're still showing support yep. you're like you want to see it get better <laughs> it's like work with me help yes. me help you help me help you <laughs> Yeah, but at the end of the day, are they going to listen to you? Is no, the problem. That's, yeah, that's uh, that is the problem. And uh, sometimes you got to figure out: hey, is it time to cut ties? Like, you know, yeah. Like like I'm saying with like wrestling, I don't have a problem like turning off the TV now. Maybe maybe it's not me, or maybe it's me. I've outgrown it. You know, maybe nothing's really changed. Maybe it never didn't change. But wrestling just, has totally changed. You didn't, yeah, you didn't. <laughs> well, uh, maybe when you know when we watched the things we watched when we were, when we were younger. We weren't totally aware of all the the process, the, yeah, the yeah, mechanics, the back scenes, the, the back scenes, everything, yeah. and how it really worked. And you know, a simpler time was always a simpler time. Sure, everyone wants to go back. To, everyone wants to go back to a simpler time, but it's they, never going to be as good as you remember it. You, you want to go back to a time when you didn't know how complicated things were. Oh yeah, <laughs> amen, brother. <laughs> so I listened to the Three Body Problem again this week. It's my favorite, one of my favorite sci-fi books I've ever read one of my favorite books I've ever read. Um, but that's not saying a lot because I've only read like, you know, a couple books in my life. Yeah. Most of them have been discussed on this podcast. <laughs> the vast majority of them. Um, I got a scene here. That's, that's like, uh, <laughs> I listen to it and it sort of like bends off me because of all the, uh, the science, science stuff. Of the circuits were formed by twisting the oh, strong nuclear down, forces dog. locally on the surface of the proton plane. And the conducting lines were Not made of mesons <laughs> that could transmit the nuclear force. There you go. Because the surface area for the circuit was extremely large, the circuits were also very large. The circuit lines were as thick as hairs, and an observer close enough could see them with the naked eye. Flying close to the proton membrane, it could be seen as a vast plane made of complex, elaborate, integrated circuits. The total area covered by the circuits was dozens of times the area of the continents on Trisolaris. Etching the proton circuits was a huge engineering feat, and thousands of spaceships worked for more than 15,000 trisolarian hours to complete it. The software debugging process took another 5,000 trisolarian hours, but finally it was time to test the SOFON for the first time. The big screen at the SOFON control center deep underground showed the progress of the circuit at its plane. 
Krypton plane deflected a Solaris in this funhouse mirror in space was distorted beyond recognition. Process of wrapping the two-dimensional proton. There you go. The goal is to eventually wrap the unfolded proton completely around so Solaris. They have a, a photon. They're a, a, a proton size sophon. Sophon is a small, very small computer. So they can't make, they can't, they don't have any tools to get into the proton to like, you know, do all the circuitry and shit, right? Yep. So they blow up the proton to the size of the Earth and they cover, not the Earth, but the Trisolaria, Trisolaria, whatever yep. it's called. They blow it up to cover the, uh, the outside of the of their of their planet so he goes this little thing and it blows up and it covers it's like a uh, a layer on top of their planet so in order to do all the circuitry they blow it up and then they have like people working basically in the sky doing all the circuitry in the sky yeah afterwards the electromagnetic beams will continue to hold up and stabilize this enormous sphere like so many spokes sphere. thus trisolaris will be the workbench to secure the two-dimensional yeah. proton and the work to etch electronic circuits on the surface of the proton plane can begin. The process of wrapping the two-dimensional proton plane around Trisolaris took a long time. By the time the deformation of the reflection reached the image of Trisolaris at the plane's zenith, the stars had all disappeared because the proton plane, now curved around the other side of the planet, blocked them completely. Some sunlight continued to leak inside the curved proton plane, and the image of Trisolaris in this funhouse mirror in space was distorted beyond recognition. But finally, after the last ray of sunlight was blocked, everything sank into the darkest night in the history of Trisolaris. As gravity and the electromagnetic beams balanced each other, the proton plane formed a gigantic shell in synchronous orbit around Trisolaris. Bitter cold followed. The completely reflective proton plane deflected all sunlight back into space. The temperature on Trisolaris dropped <sighs> precipitously, reaching levels comparable to membrane. The principles so. governing microscale integrated circuits were completely different from those so. of conventional mm. circuits, as the base material <laughs> wasn't made of I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is like 90% of the book. Oh, not 90%. This is a lot of the book. Jesus, I couldn't comprehend anything they yeah, were saying. Exactly, right? So it's just... Well, you know what I found <sighs> recently when um, I read sometimes... And it's not really recent. I've known that I've done this. My brain goes on autopilot. And yeah, yeah, before I know it, I find I'm at the the bottom of a page. I don't know if you've ever read an actual book, but I will start at the top. This is reading. And it's I'm, not reading, it's I'm, listening. I'm comprehending. It's listening I'm with style. <laughs> I'm comprehending, asshole. <laughs> but I'll find myself down there. I when I actually read things, I I, I work better when I read them aloud. I don't know how I can react to this like Hearing that, like I tuned out like twenty <laughs> times, and I brought myself in. I should listen, and then I couldn't. No, I, 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 the content is not interesting. <laughs> it's it just it's too it's too much jargon. Jargon, yeah. Um, Go just you know diving into the middle of it probably didn't help. No, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's this game. The three body problem was a game that the Trisolarians gave to Earth to be like, can you figure? our home planet's situation out. They're a planet where three suns, I think instead of one planet, instead of one sun and one planet revolving around that sun, I think it's uh, one planet is like either moving or stationary and there's three suns moving in a unpredictable pattern. Okay. So they are, the suns can be like far away. The, the suns can be like, you know, the 
distance between our sun and our earth and it's fine for a while but then they'll start moving and getting closer and closer and they'll the planet is unlivable so they they all dehydrate and rehydrate when the planet is relivable okay so they gave us this that situation in a game called three body where you're in a vr suit and you're playing as like historical figures and it's basically it's like civilization where you start out in like the prehistoric period and you move up to the scientific period and all the 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 whole time these suns are moving in a certain pattern and at first they don't know like oh is that one we're seeing one sun and one sun gets too close or something then they're like oh sometimes we see like three shooting stars or we see one sun over here and we see two shooting stars over there eventually the main character was like no that's you're seeing three suns and the reason why uh you're sometimes you won't see one and it's really cold because they're all far away or when it's too hot they're all too close or you might see three like you'll see one and it's super super hot it's because the other two are hiding behind it so it's that sort of thing if like the guy had to figure out and the, the to break it to progress in the game and to figure out the smartest people on earth the aliens gave us that game for everyone to play and whoever didn't give up and whoever figured out the uh, the formula of how the suns moved around their universe got to progress. And then at the end of the game, the uh, the person that was communicating with the Trisolarians brought everybody together and was like, we're, the, the game is real and the, tri- and the aliens are real. And then... Uh, the cops came in, like the guy, the the Wong guy, the main character, was working with, you know, he was like a mole in the Trisolarians, uh, the the ETO, they called, they were called the uh, Earth Trisolarian Organization, and he was like, a, Wong was a mole in the in the organization, so he was working with the cops, and the cops come in, and there's this whole thing of like, one of them had a bomb, and the thing, the, the bomb blew up, and everyone was dead, basically, and then, but the cops survived, and the main character survived, and then there's a cool thing where uh, at the beginning, the guy's taking pictures, right? And uh, the Trisolarians are putting, like, images on the guy's pictures, saying, like, there's a countdown happening. So he's going crazy throughout the whole thing. And then at the end, it's explained that the Trisolarians were using uh, the Sophons to put little messages in his in his camera. And then at the end, it's, like, this big message on everyone's face. You're bugs. You're dead. Everyone can see it. And they realize, oh, oh we're fucked. <laughs> they got... The, uh, I think I talked about this already, right? Well, a couple times. The the main book, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The what was it? Let me say the 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 the, 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 the. oh the information that the one of the uh, people that was communicating with the Trisolarians, they figured all of that all that out. So they figured out what the Sophons did. They blocked any any progression we were going to make towards like n- nanotechnology or anything where we could advance past the Trisolarians technology. They. They went in somehow. The little sulfons went into the uh, like the, the large hadron collider. You know that thing. Uh-huh. That's what they're using to smashing the atoms smashing together. the atoms together. They would put like little sulfons into the machines. Like, these little like little uh, sabotage dudes. Uh-huh. So when the, the things smashed together, they would get they would get the incorrect readings or wrong readings. Sabotage. Sabotage their scientific pursuits. Cool. Yep. So I reread that. I might reread the other ones because the first time I read the first one, I uh, took like two weeks to read the other ones, or like awesome. maybe like a month. But yeah, it's like I was pretty pissed because it was like you know we had to read them all together for them to make sense. So I might start the other ones again next week because nice. I got I, I don't know like podcasts are just you know pissing me off. 
So a lot of I actually them. cut back my podcast to like one. Yeah, because you don't work overnights anymore. Well, so. even still, I mean, I listen to them at all my work, but it's so let's go through fantasy uh, football. <laughs> <laughs> let's go through my listening history this week. Uh, there was one I played. Are you already? Um, oh, there's one called uh, Office Ladies. It's uh, actresses from The Office are going to have a podcast talk, talking about the uh, the making of the show. Huh. Yep. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. They had Danny DeVito on WTF this whole week. Um, what uh, side stories they talked about an alien that was supposedly shot by a sheriff somewhere I subscribe to the Patreon um, do you want to take a guess at what uh, last podcast on the left makes per month from their Patreon people 50,000 yes yep yeah yeah Hell yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm the best guesser in the world. 55,000. <laughs> 55,000 a month. Yeah. Even the smaller ones make a, make a decent amount. That's bananas. It is bananas. Good for them. Uh, Sure. <laughs> Don't be jealous. They have a show in Northampton next month. Yeah. We should go. Yes. Check it out. Yeah. Let me say it. You? I did it. Oh, oh, okay. I did it. You beat the... Uh, I beat the Horizon. Nice. I beat all of the Horizon. Did you like it? Actually, I haven't beat all of the I, I got oh. the Frozen Wilds. Right, we got I got to take a bit. You talk about Horizon while I take a bit. Sure. Yeah. Um, you guys, I, I did it. I, I don't beat many games. Uh, I feel like I don't have a whole lot to bring to this, you know. You know, Damien's got so much. Let's talk about this, that, and this. But I did it. I'm proud of myself. I don't know. I hope you guys support me and all and, and all these things. But I, he needs to be here because I I got I got to explain to him how lackluster the ending was. Uh, just just kind of weak. Little the story was great. Just uh, oh wait, oh wait. Hey guys, how you doing? It's been a while. Don't usually get the same time that we uh, used to spend together. I think Damien cut back on his piss breaks for that reason. He goes back and hears me talking to you guys like this. I don't think he likes it. I don't think Dad likes it. <laughs> She's back. Be cool, guys. Huh? Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, the ending was not great. Uh, Were you satisfied with the ending? Because so, you've beaten the game. Yeah, you're talking about the ending ending, or are you talking about the her beating the thing? Because they leave it open for possibly a sequel. Well, yeah, yeah, si- silence. Yes. Yeah. But, um, um, the, the, well, the, just the, the end boss was just fighting a machine that I've already fought oh, yeah. many times. Yeah. That I, I probably fought like six of them with that giant-ass cannon. Yeah. Right before I fought that one. Yeah. The only difference was I only had my bows this time to fight. I remember liking the build up to the end of, of climbing up that giant mountain, then climbing the giant tower, right? Yep. Yeah. That was a pretty good pretty good build up. But yeah, you're right, the uh, the ending wasn't it was pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. Just the I expected a boss fight of some sort. Yeah. Like <laughs> like actual Hades, I suppose. But yes. Hades was never actually an entity. Hades was the virus in Yeah. Well the Hades system. was the the program that was designed to wipe out Gaia if mm. needed because, you know, the yep. hard reset, basically. Yes. Yep, yep. But somebody manipulated that. Yep. Some, something manipulated something. it to the point where 
it had its own agenda. And that's you were basically defeating a computer program at that point. But I expected like a monster that no <laughs> one had ever seen yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was just a, a monster that a, a, a robot, sorry, that I had already fought countless times before. Yep. Destroyed, except it happened to be a little bit tougher. And then I had um, monsters or robots coming in from all different sides. And I had allies. Now, with the allies, did it matter like I noticed that I didn't do all the quests. I didn't find all the settlements before I finished that thing. Sorry. Um, but would I have gotten like, because some of the characters, they were there to help me. Uh-huh. Like, would I have gotten more? Was it possible I could have gotten more to help me? Or if I never did those quests, would I have? Whoa. <laughs> if I had never done those quests, would would it have been different? Like, would those people have been there to help me? Was that part of the thing? Like, I have reinforcements. I have backup now. Yeah. But if I never did the quests that they were involved in, would they have still shown up? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> that would have been an interesting element. Like, oh, yeah, we will help you on your journey. Because mm. I wasn't expecting that whole dynamic at the end. Yep. Like, everyone that you helped was like, we'll help you. We're good people. Let's uh, do this. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like, the the... the, the the what do you call it the sun king right you beat yeah. him and then his opponent becomes your uh, assistant or something no sun king's on your side oh sun king's on your side yeah right? yeah, yeah yeah okay but i mean i'm glad i beat it it just uh wasn't satisfying as an ending yep but uh you know i do frozen wilds and okay. uh or hey let's just focus on the fact that i finished a game <laughs> it's probably the first time in six months like i played witcher 3 finally it took me also, same amount of time, maybe like three years yeah. to finally finish Witcher Three. Yeah, I like the um, this Witcher Three was dope. It was amazing. I like that this podcast is sort of like your <laughs> obligation to to finish stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I actually I was just talking to uh, the listeners about that. Yep. Like, okay. Did you bring so much content to this uh, this <laughs> stuff? And I feel like I'm struggling, so I'm finishing my backlog category of games. <laughs> like you, like guys, you. All right. I I know a lot of you look to the future like, oh, what games are coming out? But I'm going to satisfy you with games <laughs> that I started playing back in 2012, and I'm going to finish them for you guys, and we'll talk about that. Nice. So I got a game for you. I talked about it last week, but I have like nine more thoughts. You uh you have a you have a you know another game to play now. You've, you've beaten. Uh, I uh yeah I had Aaron over yesterday and uh, downloaded. Darksiders. Oh, okay. The uh, first one. First one, okay. Yep. Okay, so uh, try that. Try uh, Slay the Spire. I closed my eyes and just went down my entire library, <laughs> and that's what I Just on. picked one. Yep. Um, so seven more, eight more thoughts about Slay the Spire. Talked about it last week, but there's several things I've, important things I forgot to mention. This old Mike, you, you said you wanted to play it, but this might uh, enforce your, your wanting to play it. Uh, smart enemy design. Uh, there's one enemy. There's like a big red, like hulking dude. Anytime you do anything but attack, his attack goes up. So, like, you defend, his attack goes up. You do, like, a skill where you draw a card, his attack goes up. So it's a thing where you gain five defense, he gains two attack. So it's 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 an interesting encounter where you are incentivized to just yeah. hit him as fast as possible. Yeah, time constraint, basically. Exactly. Do you want to make him, like, a one-hit wonder? Yeah. Or, uh... yeah. Okay. As attack goes up every turn, 
So no matter what you do, his attack still goes up. But if you try to defend, his his attack goes up more. Right, right. Uh, there's risk reward to almost like every encounter. Um, there's a thing where you can like a question mark where it'll say like, do you have a twenty five percent chance to fight a boss, or it'll be like, you know, there's there's a thing here, there's money here, or there's like another relic here. Uh, you have a 25 percent chance to uh, get a, a uh, an encounter of a bad guy encounter. So, do you want to take the relic? Okay. Next, it, it jacks it up to fifty percent. Now, there's fifty percent chance of getting uh, an encounter, but it's even a better relic. Do you want to take that relic? So, hit me. Yeah, hit me. Hit. Play the odds. Hit exactly. <laughs> um, you might lose seven HP to get a hundred. Uh, Hundred gold, you might lose seven max HP to get gold. You might lose a relic to get gold. Stuff like that. Um, do you want to take damage or attack? Um, there's a lot of uh, scenarios where you can play to win or play not to lose. So think about this: like there's a guy about to hit you for twelve, and you and he's at like fifty, and you you can do twenty five this damage this turn and twenty five next turn, or do you take the seventeen? Or do you, do, you, do you defend the 17? You know, it's a, it's one of those things of, like, you can take a little bit of damage every turn. You can, uh, playing to lose, playing not to lose is basically defense. And playing to win is attack, you know, play, right. playing uh, aggressively. Yeah. Um, not taking a card for a reward is sometimes the right thing to do. Um, it's a game where you can have as many cards as, as you want, but you don't want to. Because let's say you have uh, 20 really 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 good cards as opposed to you know 30 or 40 meh cards so every turn every turn after every battle you can choose to have like you know a copy of a card you already had like you know do a do seven attack and you get another mana next turn well i already already have that i already had that card and the way it works is it's not a card game where you play a card and then you can't play that card anymore you play a card it goes into your draw pile and your draw pile is thrown into your discard pile uh, then when you're out of draw cards, your discard pile goes back into your draw card. So it's right. this whole cycling thing. So if you have like 10 or 20 really, really good cards, you just cycle through those things, you know, as, as fast as possible. So you might get a card that's cost zero mana, and then you draw all your attack cards the same turn that the guys are going to do 30 damage. So you're like, fuck, I don't have any defense cards. You play your, your zero mana draw card, which draws you as many cards as you have in your hand. So you can have eight cards in your hand, you draw eight cards. So you can cycle through your deck very quickly that way. Um, you can have discard. Discard is a, is a mechanic where you go like, I'm going to play, you know, you, usually you, you get five defense. You can get eight defense, but then it's like you have to discard a card in your hand. So you can, you can go in and get a relic, which gives you like a thing through the course of the game where it's like, you know, start, start every encounter with one more mana or start every encounter with more, more strength. You get that relic, but you can also get a curse for getting that relic of, like, if you draw this card and it's in your hand at the end of the turn, you take five damage. So you can actually uh, get, a, get a card that does, like, you know, eight, it uh, gives you eight defense. Then you discard a, a card in your hand. You can play that card and then discard the curse. So having a lot of discard uh, abilities is pretty good. Uh, there's a there's a pretty uh, interesting boss encounter where it's the main guy in the middle and then and you have his like you know dudes on the side his acolytes on the side and those dudes will have like 30 health as opposed to his like 150 so you know it's you can usually ignore them except that they take one of your cards they eat it and they consume it and to get it back you have to kill them so it's like do you do you focus on the little guy to get your you know good card back or do you you know continue to hammer away at the big guy it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, uh, I choose hammer, huh? I choose hammer, 
I choose Hammer. Yes. <laughs> and real quick, uh, No Man's Sky. I have not been playing that a lot at all. Um, but one thing I forgot to mention was that um, different star systems will have different economies. So you have, you know, your Iridium or your Indium or whatever, or Titanium, whatever it's called. So you you pull back into the into the galactical map, whatever. It's like here's all of the star systems you can go to in this in this in this galaxy right so you select a star system and it's like uh it's a it's a what do you call it it's it's a mineral based economy so mm -hmm. it's like we drill for minerals we uh we we trade in minerals we need minerals it, the minerals is our we're a mineral mineral based economy basically so you go there and you sell them your minerals another place will be like you know we're a food based economy so if you try to sell minerals in the food based economy you get like 50% uh, less money for it sure so it's a pretty cool game where, you know, you have to be smart about where you're selling your shit. Yeah. A lot of games I've played have been like that. I mean, yeah. Final Fantasy XI with the auction houses. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, Ergen had a different one than, you know, Juno did. Also, <laughs> like, Suikoden, even back then, like, they had trading posts. Uh, you could get something for cheap mm. in one place, and then you go to a different, like, area. Yeah. And they accept that for, like, 2,500 bits. So yep. it's like, oh shit, yeah, sell all of them. <laughs> like you get, they had like this weird dynamic too that like it was this was a PlayStation game where you just play the the rare finds basically. Like yep. you just you can make tons of money just off of uh, buying stuff and mm. selling it. They're, mm. they're more like trading stuff back and forth. But yeah, I mean that's a tale as old as time. But okay, yeah, all right. So that's all I got. That's all I got, man. All right, man. What was your sign-off last week? Get a sign-off, I feel like. Did you finish your drink? I did. The last call? All right, last well. Call, baby. You don't have to go, but we're not staying here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next week. Love you.